<laughs> I'm edgy. <laughs> so edgy. <laughs> anyway. If only it were snowing outside, this episode would feel so cozy, so right with the world. I know. It's like White Christmas hexed us and gave us that like 60 degrees in December. Yeah, except it was George Bush that cursed us. He uh-huh. stole the environment from us and huh. put greenhouse grasses in the sky. He put grass in the sky? Put greenhouse grasses up in the sky. It makes the CO carcinogenians, and they live with us now. And we all cough, and the heat happens around us, and that is how we are so warm this Christmas season. You know, that checks, because, you know, part of the reason we are suffering global warming is cow farts, and cows eat green grass. So why did you have to lower the tone and start talking about farts at the top of the show? Like, we could have saved that for some... Like, don't lower the tone immediately. Stop lowering the tone. People came here for intelligent conversation about movie analysis. Okay. Uh, should I have said cow flatulence? Is that better? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll, uh, take I'll, two. Take two. Cows. Cow flatulence. Cows eat green grass or viridian grasses. Mm-hmm. So you think that's what's causing all of the world's problems is cow flatulence? I mean, they're not helping. You, you well, know, they're unaware, probably. They don't know that this is happening. Don't fool yourself. If given an opportunity, a cow would kill you and everyone you know. Wow. <laughs> it's a Simpsons reference. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's really aggressive against cows. <laughs> this podcast brought to you by Chick-fil-A. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, uh, so what, what's been going on in your personal life? Tell us all about it. What's your name, by the way? My name is Allison Krause. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Actually, introduce yourself, and then I'll go back to... <laughs> oh, my name is Zach. Uh-huh. No last name? It's no, like Prince. What's, uh, what's going on with you? <laughs> Duncan is my last name. Well, yeah, go ahead. So I have a coworker who's one of my directors at work. So I shouldn't say coworker. They're definitely my, my senior. They forwarded me a whole bunch of Allison Krauss music on YouTube. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you and I have both unknowingly... Heard and been a fan of an Alison Krauss song. And been a fan? Mm-hmm. I'm shocked. So do you remember a little film called Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Oh my God. Which one of them? The I Went Down to the River to Pray song. Down in the river to pray, studying about them good old way. And who should wear the robe and crown? Good Lord, show me the way. That, that song? That's a Miss Krauss. God damn. She wrote it? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if she wrote it, but she performed it because she's kind of uh-huh. like classic bluegrass. He corrected me. He correct like gave me this whole Alison Krauss education. Wow. Well, I'm I'm blown away. I'm kind of disgusted with myself that I knew and didn't know. You. I, I unwittingly liked an Alison Krauss song. Yeah. Well, and there's there's other ones that he shared with me that I've definitely heard. I wouldn't say I'm necessarily a fan because it's a little more pop country sounding. Yeah. Like the you say it best when you say nothing at all. Uh, what does she look like? You know who she kind of looks like is the voice actress who does the voice of Lisa Simpson. Oh, really? Yeardley Smith. That's such a posh-sounding name, Yeardley. 
It it is. It sounds like definitely her family's from like Massachusetts or New England mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, and they own a really large house. They know all the politicians in the area. And a yacht. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yudley. Yudley. Come here, Yudley. Mm. Sit on Papa's lap and let me tell you a story about how we came to our wealth. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mom, I need to talk to you about, uh, you know, our nation's deepest shame. Oh, I see. oh man office reference yeah poor andy (laughs) so in other news i am a famous baker now that's right you've made some ginger snacks here i made to celebrate the holiday some triple ginger cookies they have fresh ginger ground dried ginger and candy ginger would you like to sample them at the same time and we can give our uh, review our analysis all right cheers ching ching Hey, you guys, it's me, Mikey, the censor. You know, sometimes I gotta come in here and put a stop to the nonsense that Zach and Allison are getting up to. You know, sometimes it's just too disgusting to be put out there into the digital ether, so to speak. So you know what? This is one of those occasions. Unfortunately, I just had to step in. They were about to mush into a bunch of gingery cookies and chew and, you know, flap the gams at the same time while talking into a microphone, and that just won't do. You know, that's just the type of thing that'll turn people's stomachs. So I was like, you know what? I'm sorry, guys. I got to take that shit out, you know? So I really hope that you guys all had a really good Christmas. I really do. But for the sake of all of our sanities, I just can't have you listening to to people masticate with uh, ginger cookies in their mouths. So, you can blame me. Send all of your letters of hatred and ridicule to me. Mikey, the censor. All right, now back to the regularly scheduled program. These cookies take 24 to 48 hours to make. I made some uh, chocolate chip cookies over Thanksgiving that were supposed to take that long, but I shortcut things. And Never also, shortcut things in baking. Well, not only did I shortcut things, but we also didn't have all the ingredients we needed. This is going to hurt me. I don't think. Maybe. We didn't have baking soda, so we just used extra flour. We didn't have <laughs> we didn't have vanilla. Actually, why are you shaking your head at me? <laughs> I'm getting baking anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have uh, vanilla extract, so we used maple syrup. Mm-hmm. We didn't have some... Uh, <laughs> I forgot what else we needed. We needed something else, and we just used more flour again. They came out really, really good. Like, seriously, probably one of the best cookies I've ever had. And I would not ring or, you know, blow my own nose about, you know, how good something that I made is if it wasn't actually good. These were good cookies. Mm. They were soft. So soft. So good. It basically, it tasted like and felt like the same consistency as cookie dough, but a little bit fluffier. But it was, it tasted just like cookie dough. Oh, it was so good. So you said no baking soda. Do you use baking powder? No, just more flour. So it sounds like this should have been... A disaster? Because I'm trying to envision what you used as a leavening. They would have lied you flat on the ground. (laughs) They would have murdered you and stolen your wallet. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) These were some bomb ass cookies. (laughs) (laughs) These were dangerous. These cookies were so good they were dangerous. Mm, 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 mm. So yeah, we were supposed to let them sit for like 48 hours to a week it said. You could have let it sit for a week in in your fridge. So these you wanted to let sit in the fridge overnight. One, because it helps everything, your eggs, your butter. Those were kept at room temperature, which you wanted to harden to control the melting of the butter once it was in your oven. Ah, okay. 
But I, I will say that I followed the instructions, so I did stuff like I melted some butter and then put it and chilled it in the fridge for a bit before putting it in the mixture. And uh, I did a full egg and then just one egg yolk. You kind of winked, which leads me to believe you did not do that. <laughs> no, I, no, I, I just used small eggs. It was an, invo- recipe. <laughs> it was an involuntary <laughs> wink. If it was a wink. <laughs> I've just got a twitch. I don't know. <laughs> Meanwhile, all the women of our area of Maryland are scandalized. Thinking, like, <laughs> I'm just walking by accidentally winking at everybody. I didn't no, know. no, no. This is like, this is involuntary. It's not you. I would never wink at you, Karen. Yeah, you. I would never wink at you. <laughs> to think that I would stoop. I would never fart in a kitchen. <laughs> Uh, that's a deep cut to our friendship. Yeah, uh, well, <laughs> I wouldn't. So, somebody would have, though. I was uh, dating a gentleman who got nervous and farted. Well, <laughs> and nervous I thought and it was farted. Zach. <laughs> and accused, I said, Zach, was that you? And he's like, I would never. Oh, my gosh. Like, he was so scandalized by the accusation. Well, I think we've mentioned on here that I don't find farts funny. They, and, ca- they can be. No. But um, Not more... Really. More appropriately, I, I think you find them to be abhorrent. It's just rude to do in, in, in good company. It's true. Or bad company. Yeah, it's okay if you're if you're by yourself. Mm-hmm. Sure, why not? <laughs> Let them rip. Yeah, I'm not there to judge. <laughs> but if I am, by so help me. I'm just looking for a reason to judge you. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, yes, last episode of our Christmas season, we're mm-hmm. covering gremlins today. Gremlins. And we're still going strong with our sweepstakes. Yep, sweep them steaks, baby. The more you do, the more varietal options you'll have for uh, whatever reward video we're going to give out. Exactly. So I will say that just uh, an update on myself. I've had so much going on in my life. So let me tell you. I went to a bar and I talked to the guy that was behind the the counter at the bar. And he was... The bartender? That's the guy. Yeah. <laughs> You've been there too. <laughs> you, you know? <laughs> no. <laughs> Especially not right now. I'm not going to bars. So yeah, anyway, I was there talking to this guy at the behind the bar and he was like, look, I accepted some help from some people, but I wasn't able to pay them back. So I need you to talk to this guy and see if you can make a square. What? And so anyway, I went to the back of the bar. He was sitting back the there. Interesting individuals. Yeah, he was sitting in the back of the bar. And I was like, all right, so look, my friend said that uh, he can't pay you. And he accepted this service. And uh, so I just didn't want to know if we can make this square. Are you, were you offering to pay him off? Well, I sat down. His big friend actually kind of closed me in mm-hmm. on the on the thing. We were sitting in a booth. Okay, was this a mafioso? Kind of. It felt that way. So his big friend... You come to me on this, the day of my daughter's wedding, to ask me a favor. No, he was much more... I promise I will never do another Brando. (laughs) It was That was great. That sounded just like him. You could take over for doing his roles. (laughs) Sorry, they were at the dentist and they left the cotton balls in. (laughs) They're surgically thrown to the inside of my gums. (laughs) Hey, go like this. He can't do it. <laughs> Is that from something? Because that's just hilarious to picture. Robin Hood Men in Tights. Oh, really? Yeah. I just haven't seen that movie in so long. <laughs> uh, sorry. Go on. Anyway. So, yeah, I was sitting. I was like, okay, so what can I do? And he's like, all right, you can do this job for me. Basically, I ended up going on this kind of, it was like a heist situation. Scavenger hunt? <laughs> like burglar, really? Yeah, kind of. Why did you agree? Well, look, he's a friend of mine now. 
and uh, that you're not going to name uh, for his safety or yours. No, look. So eventually, <laughs> eventually, I went to this shop because uh, I needed some help. I was I felt like I was having a computer virus in my brain, so I went to this place. Was this in Cyberpunk? Yeah, he's he's a Ripper doc, and uh, he okay. he put some cybernetic I feel a lot eyes. Better, better about this knowing it is Cyberpunk. <laughs> I love how long I had you going thinking it was a real thing, though. Well, in the history of knowing you, you meet unbelievable characters in the world. Sure. And you get in very peculiar situations, <laughs> like being muscled into tipping at a strip bar. and That's right. I was with Price for that event. That was like a Wednesday during the day. And then uh, you were chased by a guy at a shotgun near a McDonald's and Walmart up by where your mom lives. Oh, that's right. I don't know if he had a shotgun, but he was chasing us in a gigantic like black like jacked up truck and he was like squealing his tires like chasing us around this the parking lot and then into the highway and stuff like that we actually had to lose him in the in the forest and then uh there was the the farmer with the couch situation and bonfires and yeah that's right he did have a gun yeah so all i'm saying is you just being like you're my friend yeah i'll I'll help you out you're very (laughs) pragmatic a lot of the times but then there's sometimes you're like I want to see how this plays out. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, having an interesting life means you got to put yourself in certain situations. There's a certain uh, <laughs> uh, acceptable level of risk. Yeah. But anyway, moral of the story is I've been playing a lot of cyberpunk. Uh-huh. It's a really good game. Oh, I'm so glad I got there. <laughs> like, <laughs> yep. So, um, Do we have comments on the socials? I know we were having a big discussion about our favorite snacks when going to the movies. Exactly. And don't you want to join us for more of these in-depth conversations, these exposés? Yeah, just listen. Okay, picture this. On, on our RTR community face place, where you can be part of this discussion, mm-hmm. we had people going to war over whether it was appropriate to mix M&M's and popcorn. Now, I am one of the warriors because I think that that sounds disgusting. I mean, it's the salty sweet combination thing. Well, to actually mix the M&Ms into like a thing of popcorn. So and that sounds woo-woo. in theaters in England and in Portugal, they actually have that as like a popcorn condiment bar thing and you can pre-mix your your popcorns that way. So that sounds evil. So I don't understand the difference of, I guess, sprinkling them on top of the popcorn or... Because it'll, it'll melt. It, the popcorn you get at the theater is never hot enough that it would fully melt your M&M's. Well, see, this is where you have to walk up to the counter and say, do you know who my daddy is? I, yeah. want, I want hotter popcorn. That's how you also get sneeze popcorn, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> say, do you know who my daddy is? Do you know what I could do to you? <laughs> And my reply to your uh, worry about the messiness of an M&M popcorn hybrid mm-hmm. was, uh, you put buffalo sauce on your popcorn, so... Look, it's not buffalo. It's just regular hot sauce. Okay. But, St- but still the- a wet. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You're abs- I don't have a counter argument. You're absolutely right. <laughs> but it tastes amazing, so I lived through that and experience. you eat it with a spoon. A spoon. <laughs> anyway, but if you want to experience and be part of conversations just like that, and perhaps even more strange, head on over to Facebook and join the RTR Community Face Place. While we're on the subject, mm-hmm. do you want to make Zach's and my Christmas wish come true? Please do, yeah. Leave a five-star review. Yep. Do it. Yep, five stars. On Apple. Apple Podcasts. You have yeah. to do it on Apple Podcasts. doesn't count anywhere else. And to be honest, I don't even know if any other podcast organization 
for the most part, has a review system other than Apple. So even if you don't listen to it on Apple, go to Apple Podcasts and just leave the review there. And don't forget, you know, that's an excellent place to plug something you're working on. It's a good mm. place to have a counter argument and make us say something like, say, Allison, I want you to denounce your love of David Bowie, and I'll have to do it. I will be, be very so upset. <laughs> that's actually a really good idea for someone to do. That's Someone's got to do that. Yeah, it's going to be like, you know, you could really make your friends Zach and Allison suffer by having to denounce something we love and treasure like you know and who doesn't want to make us suffer like you could make us say that your cat is the cutest when we all know it's Riker oh I was gonna say it was Clara yeah but, but the reality though is that it's Riker sometimes not well but I mean is is he around no. There's Benji over there. Benji under the Christmas Look tree. Look how cute is he is, though. Cute. Yeah, that's that's pretty darling. He's yeah. under a Christmas tree all curled up. Jaw. So anyway, yeah, make our Christmas wish come true and leave a five-star review. View. <laughs> that's, that's good. Uh, did you intend to rhyme there? No. Good. It's like when I accidentally pun, it works out so much better than my forced puns. <laughs> but also, th think of, like, missed connections. Like, you saw a lovely lady. Mm-hmm strolling around and you said hi and she said hi but you didn't exchange numbers or maybe you're really awkward and you meant to say hi and then you also wanted to say like how is it going and so you end up going hi yo <laughs> <laughs> this is your chance to make it right that was so awkward <laughs> i could feel the awkward <laughs> hi <laughs> bye i need me. to go uh Shoot myself, excuse me. <laughs> no, but you even flubbed that. Like, I need to shoot sh Okay. <laughs> I think I better go. <laughs> yes, I think you'd better had. Anyway, so. yeah, five-star reviews. That's the moral of the story. Yeah. <laughs> Do we have any more? Do we have any since the last episode? Nope, just your you good people. uncle. So, 1984, a year we have reviewed before. That's right. So did you did you look up any events for this year? I did. Oh my god, you actually got a bunch. Two of them are actually Ronald Reagan related, um, but they're both really endearing. Ronald Reagan? <laughs> endearing Ronald Reagan. The actor? <laughs> Ooh, that actually works into my trivia. Oh, okay. For the well, movie. You go first with your events cuz it looks like you've got more than I do. Four. Oh, just kidding. I'll go first. Um, <laughs> and one of them is just that we reviewed 1984 before. <laughs> so three. <laughs> All right. All right. So <clears throat> in the year 1984, mm -hmm. a cynical TV weatherman finds himself reliving the same day over and over again. He goes to the same location in a small town of Puxatawney to film a report about an annual Groundhog Day. This predicament drives him into distraction until he finds a way of turning the situation to his advantage. Groundhog Day? It feels like that, because we've done this year before. I almost started singing Sonny and Cher. You know there's a Groundhog Day musical? Is there? Yeah, written by Tim Minchin. Really? What? Uh, speaking of musicals, if you are a person that wants to see Book of Mormon... I am. But you happen to find yourself in a lockdown quarantine situation in a world with COVID taking over. You're speaking to me directly. That's right. You can now find illegally recorded recordings of Book of Mormon on YouTube and watch the entire thing. And I totally recommend it. I love Matt and Trey. I don't want to steal money away from them, but nobody can go out and see them anyway. And if they came to my town, I would pay to see it again. But you can totally see it on there. And I think that's a cool way because I think more musicals and plays should be filmed. So yeah, not, and not everybody can go and see them, and you don't want to lose that art that was created. 
Kind of like they did with Hamilton on Disney Plus. Exactly. Yeah. I would. Yeah, I would pay to see uh, Book of Mormon all day long. Mm-hmm. But go to YouTube, look it up. You can find multiple recordings. Maybe I'll wait a couple of years and see if they release it. Either one, the COVID gets under control, or two, they release it in some sort of like Broadway streaming platform. Because I I want to make sure that the people get the money that they deserve for their hard work. Well, yeah, but I, I'm suggesting that you should do this now while you can't give them money. Mm-hmm. And then when you can give them money, do. Okay. So uh, did yeah. you know that uh, 1984 was the year that DNA fingerprinting was introduced? I did, but that's because I wrote it down. So that is a fact that you stole from me. Not All a right. cookie. Right. <laughs> no, it takes too long. <laughs> It is definitely a cookie that encompasses your entire face. It's like a peanut butter sandwich of a cookie. Yeah, it's, it's an ordeal. <laughs> <laughs> it happens it's to you. It's a delicious ordeal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's still, it's like, ooh, buddy. <laughs> my mouth hurts. That's <laughs> right, yeah. My jaw muscles <laughs> at the end of it. It's like having a fluffernutter sandwich. Oh, man. Uh, what What's the other, not a fluffernutter, but a nutty, a nutty buddy? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, I love those. Uh-oh. I thought you were over your nutty buddy kick. Yeah, After you had the two boxes. I was, uh, that was just the beginning. Like, I imagine you just kind of like laying on a couch eating Nutty Buddies watching house reruns. Yeah. Yeah. And like the top button, my, my button on my pants is undone because like, I just One can't. One cat lying on your chest. <laughs> yeah. This is a scene from my life. <laughs> After the episode ends, you reach for another Nutty Buddy, but found them all gone and wonder who ate these. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a combination of that. And then there's another box behind it and I can't quite reach it. And I'm going, ugh. But there's a cat. Riker, be a lamb. <laughs> be, be a lamb. Oh, boy. Anyway, so popular musicians on this year, 1984. <clears throat> Phil Collins, who stole the Oscar from Trey Parker for the, the Bigger, Longer, and Uncut soundtrack. Mm-hmm, for Tarzan. He was not uh, uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, I guess, technically. But Trey Parker is really the one that writes these things. He was nominated for an Oscar. Phil Collins won for a Son of Man. Mm-hmm. for uh, Tarzan. Yeah. So I have to hate him for stealing it from Trey, but also I fucking love that song. Did you ever see American Psycho? Yes. It's been a long time. Oh, okay. Yeah, so the, the lead character in American Psycho is obsessed with Phil Collins and studio and... Oh, I've forgotten about that whole thing. I remember the scene with the business cards. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh my God, it's so creamy and smooth. Have you seen the remake that they did where they made the business cards pictures of people's cats? yes i think i have actually it's so good (laughs) so did you have more on phil collins in in axe murdering psycho americans what you were going to say about him just that he stole the oscar from trey parker but i love it that wasn't in 1984 though no that that wasn't in 1984 i'm just saying that that's my personal feeling toward phil collins i hate him but i love him also but what was your historical fact in 1984 just that he was popular in that year also Okay, <laughs> I'm just reading. A li- I'm reading a list of popular musicians in 1984. That was a long road to get to that point. <laughs> Allison Moyet, Moyet. Does this ring any sort of? No. All right. I don't know all the Allisons. They'll revoke my Allison card. <laughs> yes, you need to learn all the Allisons. You feel inauthentic right now. Uh, <laughs> Billy Joel. I assume you know about this person. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tina Turner uh-huh. with a hit. What's love got to do with it? What's new? I actually don't know this song. I'm just making up stuff. It worked. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, David Bowie. Mm -hmm. Wham! With Wake Me Up Before You Go. You know who is a huge Wham fan? 
uh, me. Uh, recently, I saw my first music video of them, <laughs> and it was awesome. With uh, Wake, uh, my cousin is a big Wham fan. I didn't get to finish the, the, the thing. I would say. We're sloppy today. That's eh, just how it is. It's almost Christmas time. We're both drunk on rum. And ginger cookies. And ginger cookies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I may have seen my first music video of theirs because it was linked on his Facebook page. Uh, last Christmas? Yeah. I gave you my heart. Very last next day. I gave you my heart. So really that song isn't about love. It's about how you have to be subtle when regifting something you don't like. Is that the moral of that story? Yeah. Because oh. it's not really tactful to, like, if I give you a scarf and it's not really to your liking, and you give that scarf to someone else and I observe it, ah, it's rude. Okay. Well, Mark's presence this year may be a little awkward for me then. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so yeah, there you go. Wham! Also, Billy Ocean, UB40, mm-hmm. Stevie Wonder with mm-hmm. I Just Called to Say I Love You. And Bruce Springsteen, Kenny Rogers, Banana Rama, Duran Duran with The Reflex. Why don't you just call it Operation Banana Rama Ass? <laughs> <laughs> Ultravox and Cars. Is Cars the name of a band? Yes. So did you know that in July of 1984, President Ronald Reagan called ice cream a nutritious and wholesome food (laughs) and thusly established July as National Ice Cream Month? Oh, I no, I didn't know any of that. And it also that's that's why did he do that? The man loves his ice cream. Yeah. Just like Adam West (laughs) is a man who loves his taffy. And I'm a man who loves his taffy. Oh, man. So later I, I have a, a, a warning for our listeners about this episode being really difficult for someone with uh, misophonia specifically to eating noises. Mm. I didn't realize I would have to give this. I should have really given it before we started eating the cookies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Maybe I'll splice in something just before. Yeah, like a- Caution. This is going to sound disgusting. Our listeners need to be aware that if they have misophonia to eating noises, don't listen. This will be particularly difficult for you. I feel like everybody who's in Hollywood uh, has misophonia. I don't know about that, unless they're specifically adding specific eating noises to be grating because they know it's effective. No, no, I mean because they're all phonies. Misophony. It's a little joke. It's my house. I know. I'm commandeering it until you earn it back. So also in 1984, a young boy named Andy Smith wrote a letter to President Ronald Reagan asking for federal funds to clean his bedroom after his mother called it a disaster area. The president replied to this letter, May I make a suggestion? This administration, believing that the government has done many things that could better be done by volunteers at the local level, has sponsored a private sector initiative program calling upon people to practice volunteerism in solving a number of local problems. That's a very formal way of saying do it yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I like that. So that's real? He actually took the time to write this response? This kid to Andy Smith. So this Andy Smith fellow. Uh-huh. I, I want to know if he's still alive and what he's doing now. Oh, that I didn't look up. <laughs> but uh, he wanted funds, as in he's going to like hire a bunch of servants? A cleaning crew. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> his bedroom was a disaster area. Well, fair enough. I mean, he's enterprising. He's trying. He's trying different things. All right. So what's the real synopsis first of this movie? 
a boy inadvertently breaks three important rules concerning his new pet and unleashes a horde of malevolently mischievous monsters on a small town. So the rules, he's a little fella. He can't be exposed to water, right? Mm-hmm. But as a, uh, as a mammal, he's made of mostly water. Additional water. Right. And the, the water that exists within him is fine. Gotcha. So I don't know what percentage of water, like, so for instance, if he's having a lemonade with an ice cube in it, I don't know what percentage of the liquid becomes dangerous. And well, they were tra- like, they were trouncing around in the snow for most of the movie. Yeah. So. Well, that, that's frozen water. That doesn't count. The molecular structure is different. Well, yeah, but it's Especially got, if you talk mean to it. But if you run your hand through snow, you come up with moisture. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Fake news. Well, it could be, but <laughs> I've done it. We also don't know what their core body temperature is because maybe they're so cold that the snow doesn't melt and therefore the liquid composition doesn't... Uh, Okay, I'm not, I don't know. We're, we're not even, you need to give your bad synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. All right, my bad synopsis for this movie. 80s movie adaptation of The Birds and the Bees Talk. Interesting. It shows how babies are born. Okay, mine is, when given complex rules that seem bizarre, ask follow-up questions to avoid heartache. Yeah, although, really, the follow-up question, there wouldn't need to be any follow-up questions. What happens when they get wet? What happens if you feed them after midnight? Well, yes, I suppose it would give you a little bit of elucidation, but just don't, just don't do it. Uh, yeah, but okay, okay. If you have this big shiny red button and you're like, Allison, don't, don't push this red button. Mm-hmm. God, is that all they want to do is push the red button? Yeah, but don't because you're an adult. Am I? You're an adult. All right. So for trivia, my first one is the little furball babies uh, that Gizmo birthed. Tribbles? Yeah, they looked a lot like tribbles, but they were balloons. Oh. So that's how they could be inflated. I guess they had fur stuck on the outside of the balloons, and they just inflated the balloons. That's actually a cool mechanism. Mm Mm-hmm. It's creative. The same set as Back to the Future was used in this film, and both were filmed in the back lot of Universal Studios. Yeah, that's interesting. That's the heritage. But I feel like, you know, this is the back lot of Universal. So many movies must have been filmed there. Yeah, but this one specifically has Back to the Future vibes because of the 80s-ness. Yeah, well, and it's also, uh, you know, Stevie Spielbs mm-hmm, attachments. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's so many different references to Spielbs' work and this other fella, Dante Inferno. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, one of the studio notes to the director and Spielbs when they saw the first cut was that there were too many gremlins and Spielbs suggested cutting them all out and calling the movie People. Sorry, when, when you said that, I just th- thought of the Key and Peele skit where they're talking about Kremlins too. <laughs> <laughs> you are an insane person. <laughs> You're just saying words and adjectives. And I like that. <laughs> <laughs> you are a crazy person. <laughs> so the word makwai is actually a translation of the Cantonese word for monster, or evil spirit, devil, or demon. Well, you're going to get one of the quiz questions, right? Woohoo! <laughs> So, Zach Galifianakis said that each gremlin cost somewhere between thirty and $40,000. And when everyone left the lot for the day, security would open everybody's trunk to make sure that they weren't stealing any of them. So, there is an original version of Gremlins that I would not have watched or watched a second time. Did the dog? Yeah. This was a much 
darker script. The original Gremlin script written by Chris Columbus was much darker. Uh, case in point, earlier scenes included Gremlins eating Billy's dog, then decapitating <laughs> his mom and throwing her head down the stairs. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Spielberg, That's such a different tone. no longer hating women as much as he did. Uh, well, he didn't write this one, so. <laughs> no, <I didn't. laughs> uh, and director Joe Dante um, and Warner Brothers were all in agreement that they should tone it down a bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, yeah, if they were going for a family movie style atmosphere, the he- chopping off the mom's head and killing the dog. A little, little too dark. It's antithetical to that tone. Exactly. All right. So an earlier attempt uh, at the design or the the effect of creating the gremlins was to have a monkey play a gremlin with a suit and a mask. I'm so glad they didn't do that. Well, they did a test. Oh no. (laughs) In uh, Joe Dante's office. And so they had the spider monkey there. They gave him a mask and stuff like that. And he had a freak out. So I feel terrible for the monkey, Mm -hmm. but he had a freak out and just wrecked his office. And did you also know that that is what inspired them to create the movie outbreak? Uh, I'm kidding. Yes, I knew that, of course. <laughs> I, was I was just thinking of Spider Monkeys. So Chris Columbus didn't write Gremlins with the idea that it would ever be actually made. Um, he wrote a as a spec script and writing sample. It found its way into the hands of Spielberg, who exclaimed that it is one of the most original things I've come across in many years, which is why I bought it. Yes, he was the only producer on the movie, Spielbs was. And uh, when Joe Dante got the letter from Spielbs, he thought it was a joke. Because <laughs> he was because <laughs> he, he had made The Howling or something like that before, and it was kind of a low-budget movie. It did well, but the studio went under after it released, so he didn't get any of the money for it. Oh, that's sad. I didn't know that. Yeah, so he was brokish when he made this movie. Well, then he can't be a chooser. That's right. And also, here's my trivia. Spielbs originally wanted Timothy Burton to direct this movie. Oh, I got that too. But he had not yet directed any uh, full-length movie. So I could see where you would want to go with someone who you know can get it done. Yeah. I mean, you don't want a Hickox. (laughs) Hickox. Speaking of, there were so many moments in this movie when he shouted, Mom! And I don't want to I need the caffeine badly. So while Howie Mandel voiced Gizmo, the songs that Gizmo were singing, written by Jeremy Goldsmith, were actually performed by a 13-year-old girl who was a member of Jeremy Goldsmith's synagogue. Oh, see, I knew that it was a female lady who'd been brought in to steal his song lines, Mm -hmm. but I didn't know it was a 13-year-old little lady fella. A little lady fella? Yeah. All right, well, on the topic of Gizmo and Mm -hmm. Howie Mandel's, Mm -hmm. So, almost no dialogue for the Mogwai was in the script. Most of the lines were just ad-libbed in reaction to, like, sounds and other dialogue that was in the scene. And Howie Mandel, who was suggested for the movie by Frank Welker. Really? Keeps coming up. Uh, It's Frankie Welks. He recommended him for the role. Welker just is stalking us. Stop it, Frank. (laughs) So, the lead singer of Disturbed recorded the foreign dubs for the movie also phonetically. David Draymond? No, Howie Mandel, lead singer for Disturbed. Get up, come on, get down with the sickness. Your mother, get up, come on, get down with the sickness. Your father, get up, come on, get down with the sickness. That was not Howie Mandel. Sure it was. Uh, he, next he, you're going to sell He goes by he... a stage name. Of... Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then we listen to The Sound of Silence. <laughs> the Sound. That is, he does such a great version of that song. Yeah. Oh, I love it so much. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, the lead singer of Disturbed recorded the foreign dubs also for the movie, <laughs> phonetically, with a lot of in-jokes uh, for, like, the, the locals. 
So it made it really successful worldwide because they had a lot of different in-jokes for the different uh, languages and cultures. Hmm. Though there are better-known actors like Emilio Estevez and Judd Nelson mm. um, in contention for the role of Billy, his vote for Galligan, based on the chemistry that he and Phoebe Cates had uh, displayed during auditions, they also were not in love with Phoebe Cates because of her risque performance. Sorry, you, you were nodding like you were going to interject. Just nodding. Uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I read about that. I haven't seen Fast. We'll, we'll watch that one eventually. It's on the list. Oh, okay. Is it? Yeah. Sweet. I think you'd particularly enjoy Sean Penn's character. What year in the 80s is it? I think it was one or two years <gasps> before. The, oh. Uh, I was hoping it was 81 or 82. Yeah, we desperately need a 1981 <laughs> or 82 film to round out our 80s. <laughs> yeah, that'll, and we'll com- have completed the set of 80s. Um, 82, yes. 82, righteous. That's an 80s sounding thing, right? It is. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> that came from my soul. I didn't intend for that to be an 80s thing. I just said righteous. Tubular. Tubular. Totally. All right. So uh-uh, Joe Dante prefers Gremlin 2, the new batch, to this movie. So <laughs> I've only heard horrible things about Gremlins 2. So. Oh, no. It's a delight. We're going to watch it, too. Not, not for... Why are you eyeing? Because I've heard so many bad things about it. Oh, no. It's a romp. You'll you'll love it. You'll it this that's gonna be. There's our one next made out of lightning. <laughs> There's a little girl one with the boobies. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we both watched the the Key and Peele skit where they're talking about the pitch for Gremlins too. Yeah. But Zach had not at the time seen that, and so when Zach shared with me the Key and Peele skit, I'm like, oh, you think they're joking? All of what they're talking about at this fake pitch meeting happens, I including the it. whole Kogan. I can't believe it. <laughs> It sounds ridiculous. Oh, it's so good. And we're gonna and we're gonna watch it for the podcast. Yeah, oh because boy. it's. I think next Christmas. Occasionally, no. It, this one doesn't even need to wait till Christmas. If anything, there's a good New Year's type moment. It could be our New Year's film. Oh God, it's in the near future, guys. Oh boy, someone save me. Suggest a, suggest more movies. It's gonna happen next year. People get on the RDR community face place quickly and suggest new <laughs> movies for us so that Allison gets distracted. It's true. I am like, you know, like, ooh, something shiny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, your, your next trivs? Oh, that was my last trivia. Oh, my crikey. So one of the reasons for the no bright lights rule was so that right, Joe right. Dante could hide the poor special effects and puppeteer work. So peeling behind the curtain, there's a scene, and I've seen this movie dozens of times. I saw something this time that I had never seen before. Yeah. You can see the full body of a guy behind a Christmas tree, but you know the scene where the mom is attacked by the Christmas tree? Yeah. You can see a full guy, red shirt, wearing glasses behind the tree like this, like holding the tree <laughs> and like shaking the branches to make it anime. That's great. See, I've only seen this once. I didn't watch it twice for to like find other things. Mm-hmm. I did read a bunch of goofs. So mm-hmm. I saw that the, you, there's that one, which I didn't see when I watched through it. But I, there's another one where uh, uh, there was the puppeteer behind the microwave. Yeah. When she shoved it in the microwave and you can see the top of his head for a moment. <laughs> oh, the tree one's great, though, because you can see, the, like, he just looks kind of bored. He's like, <laughs> don't worry. I timestamped it so we can oh, enjoy. Oh, good. Good. I'm glad I get to see that. <laughs> uh, all right. And my last one is right before Mr. Wing, which I suppose is the the fella from the, the shop in Chinatown. Mm-hmm. Mr. Wing. When he arrives to take Gizmo away, Lynn says she's going to make Gizmo a chicken soup. Mm-hmm. 
of which water is the principal ingredient. She was going to feed him soup. But at what point is it no longer water? The addition of the salt and the chicken and... Yeah, but like 100%, almost 100% of what soup is, is water. And we also said that they can't get wet, not that they can't consume wet things. <laughs> You're giving me that look as though I tried to explain vampires and lost boys. Yes! <laughs> By the way, do you have a follow-up yet? No. Okay. <laughs> but it's coming, it's and com- it's going to be good. <laughs> Maybe by the next uh, vampire movie, yeah, next, we'll have to get back Halloween. into this discussion. Oh, Zachary. <laughs> I'm coming at you with my response. What are you talking about? I don't remember what response to what. <laughs> oh, no, I'm geared up. I'm ready at all times. <laughs> I have come up with several counterpoints to whatever you could possibly throw at me. I've got a booklet in my back pocket. Whenever you start this conversation, I can bring it out and look at all my points. He's going to phone a friend and it's going to be a Van Helsink. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, that was the last of my trivia, but now I have 10 questions. Uh-huh. Oh, we're ready for the... Uh, it's quiz time. I feel like I need like a buzzer or something. Oh, do you want a buzzer? Um, how about how about this one? That's your, no, that's your buzzer. No, it's okay. It's, it'll be too long. Well, you don't have to let it play the whole time. You can just... Hello. My name's Addison. I'd like to answer, please. That's all right. I, I, we do need a jingle or something for quiz time. Yeah. Feels special. Like. Or like a quiz show kind of intro. Hey, it's quiz time with Zach and Allison. Question number one. In the bar scene, what video game are the gremlins playing in the background? Pac-Man? Mrs. Pac-Man? The PMSing Mrs. Pac-Man? Do you know, I, I actually recently found out the backstory about Mrs. Pac-Man. It started out as a mod of uh, regular Pac-Man. To make the ghosts more erratic. Oh. That's how it was born. They, they, it was just some guys modding it, and they sold it to whoever it was, I guess, Atari or something at the time. Was that right? No, you're not right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you got an interesting tidbit of uh, Mrs. Pac-Man out of it. It was, uh, it was Star Wars. Oh, okay. It was a Star Wars video game. And I'll give you a bonus point if you can tell me from what year that Star Wars game released. Wait, which Star Wars was? The game was just called Star Wars. Well, I know that the... Second Star Wars came out in 82? Uh, sounds right, because I think Jedi was 83. So, it was an arcade game. It was in a classic arcade box cabinet. What's your guess? This is a bonus point. 82. 82? Uh, it was 83. Oh, that was close. Question number two. What Billy is movie watching before he gives the Mogwai food after midnight? Several points throughout this movie, you see people watching other movies. Yeah, I, I'm trying to remember which one was... During the food scene. Yeah, because I even made a mental note like, what channel are they watching that has all these great classic horror movies? AMC. AMC. Was it Plan 9? That's a good guess. It was Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Nah. But I'm doing bonu- terribly today. Bonus question. What year did the Invasion of the Body Snatchers come out? 35? No, for, uh, 40, 45. Final answer, 45? Mm-hmm. It was 1956. Ah. All right. Question number three. How much did Billy's dad pay for Gizmo? $200. One point for you. Billy. Question number four. What color is the wrapping paper that Gizmo comes in? Red. Bonus point. What was the pattern? I think it was candy canes. No, it was stocking, like little stockings. Christmas tree decorations. So you Ah. missed out on the bonus point, but you got the regular point. 
that's still something. Yeah. All right. Question number five. What's the name of the boy that dresses up as a Christmas tree to sell them? Corey Feldman. <laughs> What's the name of his character? I want to say it was something like JD, but I don't remember. Uh, it was Pete. Pete. Pete and Pete. All right. Question number six. What is the name of Billy's dog? It's like Brewster. Buster. I want to say it was Brewster. Because I remember the dad saying, I'll go get Brewster from your aunt's and he'll be home in time for Christmas. Going with Brewster? Mm-hmm. It was Barney. Barney. Uh, Very close with the B. I thought you were going to get there. Uh, you probably would have if you sat there for long enough. But Question number seven. What is the name of the town in which Billy lives? Kingston. New Kingston. Final answer? Mm-hmm. New Kingston? I'm going to give you the point. It's not New Kingston. It's Kingston Falls. Oh, okay. But that was, that was close enough. So question number eight. What is Randall Pels- Peltzner? Peltzer? Peltzer. What? Get, get, final answer? <laughs> final, final answer was Randall Peltzer. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, what was his business slogan? No idea. All right, how about this? I'll, I'll make, I'm going to chop it up into two parts. You're going to lose the first point. The, fir- the first part is fantastic ideas for a fantastic world. Do you remember him saying that ever? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. What's the second part? He always says this to somebody when he's like handing him the business card. I mean, that that's the part that I, I remember. I don't remember. There's always a tagline at the end. I make the illogical logical. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Question number nine. What does the Cantonese word mugwai mean in English? Demon. Devil. <laughs> that's correct. <laughs> You've got that point. All right. And finally, last one. Question 10. If you get this one right, you win the game. That's how quiz time with Zach and Allison works. Pressure is on. <laughs> you didn't do this for White Christmas. I didn't do a quiz? Mm-mm. It wasn't worth it. Damn. <laughs> Suck it out since childhood. Yep. <laughs> All right. What does Billy need in the morning? Badly. Caffeine. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. You win quiz time. Yay. <laughs> All right. So there you go. So now we move on to act three movie analysis. As a reminder, my nostalgia rating was six and I gave Zach a predicted rating also of six. All right. And he's not given any emotions away that would indicate one thing or the other. That's true. I'm keeping it close to the vest on this one. All right. So what's your first timestamp? One minute, 50 seconds. So, how rude is this? You go well, into friend, someone's store. You a lot of interesting artifacts here, but there's one thing you don't have. And what's that? Well, let me show you. I got it right here. Come into promising to buy, buddy. and then you try the to sell them the things. Century, friends, it eliminates uh, the need to carry heavy luggage and things when you travel. Luggage. And you got yourself your shaving mirror. You got yourself your toothbrush. You got and yourself a toothpick. You got toenail clippers. You got na- nail file. This isn't really an invention. No, per it's, se. it's a Swiss Army knife, but specifically for bathroom toiletries and such. Yeah, and he said that he, he said that the reason for this was like, all right, say you're gonna go somewhere, like you're you're going to your business meeting, your big you, fancy business meeting, and you realize you haven't shaved. <laughs> it's like, okay, do you have this gigantic brick on your person somewhere? Yeah, if it's snugly in your pocket, men's pockets I hear are adapted for such things. No. <laughs> They're not that big. I mean, that's the size. I mean, what would you say? That's like... Versus uh, my lady pocket, which can hold three quarters if I'm lucky. 
Well, yeah. I mean, male pockets are generally better than female pockets, but they are not equipped to handle that thing. <laughs> well, yeah, you can get changed. But you've got regular pockets. Those, those look normal. Is that the extent of the depth? Yeah. Okay, well. <laughs> and it, but yeah, no, but I this just, looks like it's the size of a drinking mug. Yeah, it, it just, it struck me as kind of rude. Just you, you go into someone's store, or you're offering to buy things. They're like, but I'm selling also. <laughs> <laughs> then he proceeds with this ridiculous, whatchamacallit, with a racist analogy. What was the racist analogy? Oh, he's like, you know, when you have dragon's breath. In the morning. <laughs> That's right. Dragon's breath. He's like, I'm playing the room. They'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, dragons, like from your homeland. Yeah. Well, it, it was written by Chris Columbus, who, as we all know, is a world famous racist. There you go. That makes it okay. No. Nope. It doesn't no. make it okay. No, it, it just explains it. it. Yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, uh, he, he was the one that tried to write a script for uh, Temple of Doom, or was it Last Crusade that was about the Monkey King, and it was said by George Lucas and Stevie Spielbs that it was too racist. Oh, yeah. Too many <laughs> negative stereotypes about Africans. Yeah. That seems to be his thing, negative stereotypes. <sighs> That's just his thing. He loves doing it. You're going to take that away from him? Yes. He loves racist stereotypes. <sighs> it's so much fun for him. It lights up his world. When he gets to write a racist stereotype, it just makes his day. Especially if it flies and he gets it into the film. Which happens. <laughs> which happens. Like you know? dragon breath. Which is the light we didn't even get to eat. <laughs> oh, here we go. You got yourself a dental mirror. A dental mirror. This is going to revolutionize traveling. Not really. It's not now, let's just say size. for the sake of argument that you're on a bus or a plane or a train. You forgot to brush your teeth. You got yourself a bad case of dragon breath. And the gong! Yeah, so. <laughs> and what do you do? And the gong! No problem. All you do is take your toothbrush out and you push this button. That's all right. That's just fine. That's no problem. That's absolutely no problem. Cleans up easily. Now, what I'd like to do, sir, the man is a buffoon. I'd like give you my card. Rand Peltzer. Fantastic ideas for a fantastic world. I make the illogical logical. There you go. Now, sir, I can get you these. I can get them by the dozen if you like. I want it. Look, mister, there's three rules you've got to follow. Yeah, what kind of rules? Keep him out of the light. He hates bright light, especially sunlight. It'll kill him. And keep him away from water. Don't get him wet. But the most important rule... How does he do around steam? you can never forget, no matter how much he cries, no matter how much he begs, never, never feed him after midnight. You got it? Sure, kid, whatever you say. So, sure, kid. So, to me, I just, I feel like this would make a normal human suspicious. Like, it just would make... Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm saying, like, it's not even about follow-up questions there, because if, if they've already told you the things that are red flags, mm -hmm. like, why would... No, what's going on here? I don't yeah. want this. But also... This sounds like more of a thing than I thought it was. Look, I know it's my shtick to be a really pedantic about certain logical things. Yeah. But, <laughs> so sorry if I'm going to do this to you guys and bring the, the whole show down, but. And if this isn't real, none of this is real. Yeah. <laughs> so look. Yeah. It's always after midnight until it's midnight. The only time it's not after midnight is midnight. Maybe he automatically adjusts to your time zone. It's not about time zones. In your time zone, the only time it's not after midnight is midnight. Every time is after midnight. 
So you're saying they didn't give a, like, it's not fasting rules like before blood work. Like, you're not supposed to feed them between 12 uh, midnight and 8 a.m. Well, because they don't give a buffer. Like, don't feed them after midnight until 6 a.m. Yeah. And then you can start feeding them again. Yeah. They just say, not after midnight. But every hour is after midnight until the next midnight. Yeah, I guess I didn't think about it. They didn't think about it. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. I'm off the hook. I'm not a writer. <laughs> Look, I just, I'm sorry, guys. Ruined. But that doesn't make any damn sense. <laughs> I mean, also with the, the the bodies of the Mogwai also being water and they can't touch water. And that's also weird. So if they had said, you know, from midnight till sunrise, you'd be better with it because yeah. it came, yeah. Yeah, that would make more sense. But he said after midnight. Which is every hour until the next midnight. I mean, really, people should, in general should not eat after midnight because, you know, your body doesn't have ample time to digest it before sleepy bedtimes. Uh-huh. Say hello to your wife for me, okay? Yeah, sure. See you later. So long. Say hello to your wife for me. <laughs> All right, here we got some guy coming out to look at Billy's car trouble. Mm -hmm. He's had his caffeine. Uh-huh. He's up and raring. He's got his cigarettes. He can start his day. <laughs> Not to our Waxwork episode. <laughs> You've got to listen to the Waxwork. Honestly, uh, I'm going to rewatch Waxwork. I love that movie now. And I think that, again, I, if I had to... So we've, this is our 16th episode, which is impressive. I'm it, impressed. It, it's, it's a stout amount of movies we've watched. I will say that of our episodes, that's still my favorite. We just had a lot of fun that we were loopy as anything, but it was so much fun. I think I agree. Yeah. I think Waxwork is our best work. Which makes me wonder, should we watch good movies or crap movies? Exactly. Well, you get the mystery science theater sort of aspect when you watch a crummy movie. Yeah. So anyway, we got this guy coming out to look at Billy's car, and he's just upset about foreigners. Well, he's everyone's drunk uncle at Thanksgiving. Goddamn foreign cars. <laughs> I even have a note about that later. Like, yeah, I know. He's always going on about foreigners in this movie. That's all of his lines. Gremlins that took us down in WWW. WWII. Yeah, no, he's just upset about foreigners. Bloody and hell, I'm, where have you been? I'm sh I, and I, you say that he's everyone's drunk uncle. Mm -hmm. I think he was written to be Christopher Columbus's reasonable guy. <laughs> like, this, this is how uh, an honest American should be. Mm -hmm. Hating foreigners. 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 My next is 1024. In this scene, we are meeting kind of the Wicked Witch of the West of this film. And oh. she just has the best, you know, unpleasant theme music. Oh, gosh. I just love this interaction where she is meeting a guy in the road who just wishes her like a, hi, how are you? And like just her response. Yeah, she seemed like a combination of Scrooge and Mr. Potter from uh, It's a Wonderful Life. And just like all, all these various bad characters from Christmas movies, she's yeah. just the epitome of the I'm a the bastard. The witchy woman bad lady. Although yeah. I, I will say that her character was set up to be like the antagonist and it was just dropped. Like she never came back. Like she, I mean, you see her die later. Yeah. Inconsequentially, she didn't matter to the story at all. She was set up like she was like, I originally thought that she was going to be like the movie was going to be about her and the gremlins were going to like mess with her and then frame their dog. She's a red herring. Well, I mean, yeah, it was like a storyline going nowhere. Like she was set up to be the conflict here. I thought she was going to try to like get his dog killed and the gremlins were oh. going to like frame the dog. And then she was going to be like, it was the dog. He did this stuff to my house. 
And then he, she was going to try to get him killed, but it just went nowhere. Well, and same with Judge Reinhold's character. Yeah. Like the the bank, the, the other bank guy who was kind of being a bastard to him. Yeah. Just went nowhere. Well, what's funny about that guy is he also has a history with Phoebe Cates in Fast Times. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Well. He always plays an asshole, too. Uh-uh. He plays Neil in The Santa Claus. And he plays the most He's lovely... He's not a doctor. He's a psychiatrist. <laughs> <laughs> what you got to worry about is where you're going to get him with sweaters like that before the circus leaves town. <laughs> Scott, you're not taking this seriously. Oh, grow up. <laughs> Oh, man. That's one of my favorite movies of all time. I've, I haven't watched it yet this season. I definitely got to. Anyway, he plays a lovely fella in that one. He play, You know, he's a stepfather, so it's a little tense, but it's not really his fault. It's Scott's. He's doing the best he can, gosh darn it. That's right. Judge Reinhold, baby. All right. <laughs> good morning, Mrs. Deagle. What's good about it? What's oh. good about it? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he put his hand up to his mouth as well. Happens to Murgatroyd. <laughs> <laughs> Happens to Betsy. Watch it, watch it, watch it. What's going to get more broke? Her yeah. Bavarian snowman? Yeah. Uh, I just want to keep going with this because um, there's. I have a note uh, about this scene. She also skips the line whenever she comes in. Mrs. Deagle? Yeah, because she's a you know that Joe bitch. Got himself Joe? Job. My husband, Joe Harris. My husband, I'm Southern for an inexplicable reason. We're in New York. I'm afraid that neither one of us will be paid for two weeks. Couldn't you get Mr. Corbin to just give us a little more time? Mrs. Harris, the bank and I have the same purpose in life, to make money. Money. Not to support a lot of deadbeats. (laughs) (laughs) So did you know, Tiss, that uh, all of her cats are named after money? Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, all of them. So there's an obvious one that's called Dollar Bill, but there's another one called Kopeck, which is like the penny for old Russia currencies. Yeah. I just never paid attention. I think one's called Pesos or Peso. (laughs) All of her her animals are... She has a yen for it. Well, now you know what to ask Santa for, don't you? Oh, what a burn. She is not a nice lady. That was a good burn, though. Got to give it to her. That also doesn't get a resolution. Like, that family doesn't come across money. I just feel like... So, uh, something I came across whilst I was reading about facts about this movie was the original cut of the movie was two and a half hours, I think. Mm -hmm. And they've cut it down to, like, an hour and 40 or something like that. They had a lot of problems. The studio was saying this. I think Spielbs was saying it, that there were too many characters in the movie. So it was getting too long. It was just too much stuff was happening. Cut her out of the movie. She's not needed. Like, the, if you need a dick character, Judge Reinhold. Well, they needed uh, also a reason to get the dog sent away. It could have annoyed Judge Reinhold. True. You know, I mean, uh, and uh, he originally actually had a bigger uh, place in the movie. He was originally, like, buddied up with Billy and the lady. Mm. He was supposed to be going around with them, and they were supposed to be like coming, becoming not friends, but like you know they were coming together. They in a tolerate each other. Tough situation, yeah. So that would have been a more interesting storyline. Cut out her character altogether. It saves you a ton of time in the movie. They should call me the Hollywood script doctor because I can tell you what's wrong. <laughs> light Kremlin made lightning. <laughs> what's left of my imported Bavarian snowman? Your dog broke it this morning. 
How do you know oh. it was my dog, lady? Oh, I'm terribly sorry. Just tell me how much I owe you. I'll be more than happy to... I don't you. want money. All right, good, then. Get out of here. I want your dog. You can't have it. Police? Barney? Give him to me. Uh, no, he's my dog. I'll Thank you. Next customer. Kennel. They'll put him to sleep. It'll be quick and painless compared to what I could do to him. Seriously, I'd call 911. So, yeah... I'll catch the beast myself. And you'll get what he deserves. A slow, painful death. Maybe I'll put him in my spin dryer on high heat. That'd do it all right. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this guy? Sorry. So my, my thought on this is, one, yes, she has openly threatened you in public and your, your, your dog, which... Mm-hmm. In the eyes of the court, I don't agree with it. I say my dog is my family. The court sees it as your property. She openly threatens a living creature mm-hmm. in front of other people. There's witnesses. Um, but also, P.S. Lady, you threaten my fur babies, I will destroy you. Well, Like, I, I would not be subtle about it. All, all of that's <laughs> true. But who is this guy who's chiming in? Yeah, that'll do it. He's the guy that I, got- I put many dogs into spin dryers. You got to trust me. That'll kill them. But it has to be on high heat delicate. That's correct. <laughs> Not only that, it doesn't just kill them, it kills them slow. It makes them kind of fluffy and nice. <laughs> <laughs> Before death. You know. No, he was just the guy that got cut in front who was too uh, scared of her to say, no, ma'am, I was I was here first. Yeah, but he's agreeing with her uh, practices of murdering dogs slowly and she, painfully. He's not agreeing. He's agreeing that, yes, that would kill the dog. Yeah, but why? Why is he chiming in with that? She looked at him like, yo, yeah, that, that would that would certainly end a life. Uh, yeah. Why doesn't he say something like, all right, lady, you're being crazy. Let's get out of here. Uh, you, you know, <laughs> I'm going to take you into the street. Maybe he rents one of her properties. Oh, so he's just being a suck up. Mm-hmm. Because no one wants to be on her bad side. All right. Well, he just became the hate award <laughs> for this movie. <laughs> She's going to be that cowardly. Yeah. So no, that that was it. It was just like you come into a public place, threaten my my babies, I I will end you. I will end you so fast. So imagine this: you're a young kid. You go to your friend's house, and you're seeing a new species of animal you've never heard of or seen of before, and seems to have a basic understanding of English. Your response is, Yeah, that's all right. Neat. <laughs> I just find this very not believable. What's his name? His name's Gizmo. Giz? He's a Mogwai. Gizmo. He did seem really blase about this whole thing. <laughs> Cute. <laughs> Blink your eyes. Gizmo. Now watch, Pete. Maybe he'll sing. My name is Mogwai. I'll be careful. Gee, Billy, where can I get one of those? I don't know. This is the only one I've ever seen. So let's spill some water on it and see what happens. Can I hold him? Sure. I don't see why not. He seems to like you. Great. Thanks a lot. Sorry. He looks in such agony here. It's disturbing. Yeah, I mean, there are some creatures in life that are allergic to water, like, that require dirt baths and things, so maybe he thought it was just a simple allergic reaction. What is it? I don't 
Well, I'm not talking about his state of mind. I was just saying it really looked like Mogwai or Gizmo here was in pain. Yeah, have you ever given birth? Yeah. I don't know. How? Uh, every time I make an app, it's like I'm giving birth to a tech baby. Yeah, that's not, not what the birthing process is like. It takes me longer than nine months. Is it like squeezing a watermelon out of something the size of a lemon? Yeah, my brain. <laughs> And this was the birth of Mohawk. And there you see the balloons that are being inflated. That's such a cool graphic. Yeah, it's really good looking. Not not a graphic, a like visual effect. Mm, yeah, they pulled off the effect well. These things are just so precious. <laughs> oh my god. It's the birth of Stripe. <laughs> One of cinema's most villainous villains. <laughs> He's punk rock. One, two, three, four, five new Now can I have one? Oh, I don't know. I like the fat hey, one. He's cute. Got a cute little stripe on his head. Hi, uh, Gronk. Isn't that incredible, Pete? Yeah, right. Well, hang on. Oh, he is neat. It is neat. I'm serious. He's just on the bed, sprawled out, looking at a book now. Mm-hmm. Totally disinterested by this race that just multiplied in front of him. Yeah. like For a species oh, that nobody's ever seen. I see this kind of thing every day. It's fine. Back to my book. So anyway, here we find, after Gizmo has multiplied, we find the dad scheming about what to do. You know what? What? I'll bet every kid in America would like to have one of these. You just turned Gizmo they into a puppy mill. Hey, I'm still the family pet. Where did they give him tobacco? I don't know, but they see there was another uh, threat against the dog. There, it's going to replace the dog as the family pet, and it's like th- there's a there's a conflict, at least emotionally within the audience. At least, at least I felt it for the first time viewing it that this dog was under threat. Like, Billy was going to like Gizmo more than he liked the dog, and so this woman's going to come back and she's going to threaten the dog's uh, position in their household. And like, I, I really thought that's where the movie was going, and then just nothing happened. <laughs> anyway, so he said that every kid in America is going to want one of these. And he says, I think maybe in a second, that he, he's going to call it the Peltzer Pet. <laughs> think about it. The Peltzer Pet. And I just think that that's so arrogant. He basically stole this from some guys in Chinatown. Yeah. And it's clearly a, some sort of, I mean, this is even kind of racist talking about it like this, but it's some sort of ancient Chinese um, Mogwai. thing, <laughs> creature that they didn't want to bring to the West. He says at the end, you guys, this culture is not ready for this. So clearly it's been around in some other culture. But how arrogant is that to basically be stealing something from another culture and they're like, we'll call it the Peltzner pet. Like, it's not yours. It's very Caucasian. <laughs> but you're going to brand it. Well, it's very Thomas Edison. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not a good look for uh, Mr. Peltzer here. And there's definitely a greed factor. So how did they afford this beautiful home they live in? Because the, the house is a nice house. It's a damn good question. And mom stays home, it seems like. Yeah. So what did he sell? What was his one good product that got them the fortune that they had? Maybe she's an heiress. Oh, uh, or 
or maybe he is an inherited. Heiress. Yeah. Yeah. Because none of his inventions are good. No, they, they don't <laughs> do what they're supposed to do. No. My next is, I hate this scene. So Billy and the gremlins and Gizmo go to bed. Billy wakes up hearing his dog in distress. So, yeah, having just seen this for the first time, I thought that when I initially saw Dog outside, I thought he was being hanged. Mm. Like, I thought he was either dead or dying. But he doesn't actually seem to be in any discomfort. No, he said that if he was out there any longer, he would have froze to death. Yeah, so he's just cold. Well, hypothermia can... Well, you know, I'm saying like he's he would die because of the cold, not because of being choked. Yeah. Another minute and he would have been intoxicated. So look, all I know is that I'm positive that I closed and locked the door. So the threat had to come from inside the house. From the inside. (laughs) See, that's all right. The spinning uh, fly swatter. I feel like if you came at a fly, if it had the same mechanism of the hammer, maybe. Not one that spins around in a big vortex. Well, you'd have to kind of angle it in a certain way that it would it would just so <laughs> inter- intercept the fly. Yeah. <laughs> but it's better than his other inventions. Threatening him for weeks, you know I don't know. His electric hammer saved a lot of thumbs. Uh, it didn't seem like it had enough oomph. So there's a coffee machine that she's brewing from that is making mud. It looks so thick. But not thick in that good way that we like to say. Ew, is, is there good thick coffee? Not thick coffee, but we actually, it's not good, but there is a thick coffee that's a Native American type of coffee. I saw it on a food vlogger that I watch. Uh, that sounds unpleasant. Yeah. Chewy coffee. Ew. <laughs> Grisly. <laughs> Puts hairs on chest. <laughs> Puts hair in the coffee. <laughs> Sorry, just imagine like drinking it, like pulling a long hair. Out of <laughs> this is nasty. Let's stop talking about it. Remember my misophonia warning. Yep. <laughs> my next is thirty nine oh five, which really exhibits what I mean when I say misophonia or aversion to eating sounds. This scene to me was as hard, if not harder, to watch than Slurpy Vampires and Waxwork. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't help that it's gooey. You guys are really yeah. hungry. So why did these why did this batch of mugwai come out so Bad. yeah, evil? Nature versus nurture. They have the same amount of nurture. <laughs> yeah, but they all came from Gizmo. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why Gizmo's the exception. And they never really talk about that. No. They all come from Gizmo, so they're coming from the same stock. He seems to be a good lad, and the rest are just evil. Mm-hmm. All right, so the science guy is leaving the office after experimenting on the Mogwai, and he leaves food behind. Not did, thinking he could get to it. Did Billy give him the rules about these guys? I think so. I, th- I would have thought he would have. If nothing else but for science. But I think he probably didn't think that it would be in range or something. Yeah, this didn't seem intentional. Yeah. But for a science guy, I mean, come on. He's supposed to be the only intelligent person in this movie. 
But uh-huh. being black also has to die first. So I understand where the Chris Columbus came into kind of a an issue here. He's a science guy, so he's got to be intelligent. But he's black, so he's got to die first. Hi, honey. No, I'm I'm sure it works fine. I was just out in the back porch for a second. Oh, yeah, she's <laughs> lying. She had tried to pick up the the wireless receiver that he's apparently invented, which is actually great. So he invented like wireless phones before they were a thing. Mm-hmm. So he's a good inventor. It just had, didn't happen to work this instance. He needs to have the kinks worked out of a lot of like he he's on to the next thing before he spends enough time really developing. That does seem to be his problem. If you're familiar with the Myers Briggs, he seems to be an ENTP, perhaps an INTP, but he he also likes to interact with people. It seems like I would say to be a successful salesman, you have to have that extroversion. Yeah. So I mean, Myers Briggs is is not hokum. It's it's yeah it's it's fairly hokum. But, you know, it is, what are you going to do? <laughs> but anyway, so it seems like he is actually a good inventor. He's invented some interesting things that aren't totally finished, but are they a really good start. <laughs> so when he went to the inventor's convention later in the movie, why did he take his brick of hygiene products? Why did he or why didn't he? Why did he? Why didn't he take something good like the wireless phone? He thought that that would be the thing that connected he thought that rather than a wireless phone, thing the thing that everyone in this world is going to want to have is a giant brick of utility things that can't fit in your pocket. God, it just speaks to my soul. Yeah. yeah. You like something that doesn't fit into your pocket, is not convenient to carry around? Yeah. I like being burdened. Yeah. Okay. So if you, lo- if you like being burdened, this is the product for you. Yeah. It's an ugly beige color. <laughs> it's got a bunch of cheap plasticky things that come out of it. Listen, I'm sure they could paint it Lisa Frank later. Right. And when you after production. And when you want to brush your teeth, what you you want you <laughs> <laughs> what you want is a giant brick in your hand, right? It's an upper body work, it's a shake weight and a toothbrush. Okay. Further than that though, what you really want is what you want toothpaste to be part of it too, right? But you don't want just normal toothpaste, you want really liquidy toothpaste that squirts at you. Yeah, you're speaking a language I get. Gotcha. All right. So <laughs> you don't want the toothpaste to go on the brush. You want it to squirt right into your mouth, and then oh, you start brushing with a giant brick. Actually, out of the same squirter, could it later contain Barbasol? Yeah, I think that's you're onto something there. <laughs> also, there's a scene later where he's playing with it, and he adds a shaving and shaving cream mechanism. Mm-hmm. I'm really disturbed that he was eating the shaving cream because I'm pretty sure that is an exterior product only. He was eating it? Yeah. Like he's like, no. Uh, my guess is they probably use whipped cream, but mm-hmm. it's definitely. Or maybe that's just, it was actually whipped cream. It was supposed to be whipped cream. He wants to shave with whipped cream. I mean, that's very. Um, Homer Simpson. Homer Simpson, or I was going to say Mrs. Doubtfire, like her face cream. Hello! <laughs> <laughs> It's good to your cream and your sugar. <laughs> so we yeah. haven't watched your clip yet. This is the Mogwai have eaten after midnight now mm-hmm. and developed into pods. The pods are upstairs. The mother and Billy have both seen them. Mm-hmm. So while the father is at the convention, I want you to look behind him, not at the guy who's on the phone, but behind him at one of the exhibit booths. It's um, an original movie set piece from the time machine. Competition was more uh, advanced than I was expecting. <laughs> the convention's great. Yeah. I said, it, I said it's great. Actually, the competition is... Uh, Sorry, miss. Competition's a little more advanced than I expected. <laughs> My brick of shaving and some really toothpaste. Things, yeah. 
There's some really. There's a guy who has a machine that can send him through time. Oh. <laughs> it's practically a Doctor Who. All right. I know it's Christmas Eve. Also, yeah, why is there an inventor's convention on Christmas Eve? And the time machine went away. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I just, I never paid attention to that before. So I was really pleased. Yeah, no, that's good. But why is there an inventor's convention on Christmas Eve? And why are there so many people attending? So if there's one thing I know about inventors, and I think I know a lot about inventors. Of course you do. Um, is that they are a little esoteric, perhaps? A little, little weird? Yeah, they've got families, though. Yeah, but they're weird enough where they're not thinking, oh, snap. Whose wife is going to let them go to an inventor's convention? On Why would they hold... Her husband? Sure, why not? But why would there be an inventor's convention? Why would someone host an inventor's convention on Christmas Eve? You would think that they would have the Santa Claus convention? Or no convention. It's Christmas Eve. (laughs) (laughs) You, be home with your family. I have no family. Be home with them anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Be home with them. Come home with me. Rejoice. Rejoice. <laughs> you better be rejoicing. <laughs> if I don't hear plenty of rejoicing. Have some nog. Have some. <laughs> but yeah, so why and why didn't he bring his other inventions here? It just seems silly that he brought a brick of beige colored nothing. I'll do the best I can. Which is terrible. Alright, bye-bye. She is such a good lady, yes, like just so mm. supportive. Yeah. Of there is anything I can do, but it is completely out of my hands. Completely out of my hands. Hello, Gerald. So, the gremlin. The Mogwai has run under a desk. He's trying to entice him out with a Snickers bar. Where are you? I know you're in there. I know you're under there. Come on now. You're not you when you're hey, hungry. You're not still angry about that little blood test, are oh, you? Blood test. Come on out, take a bite. Let me see you. Hmm? Mm? I just wanna, mm. just wanna see you. Here, here, you. I, I don't know. He, he hasn't seen the thing yet. I would just turn lights on. <laughs> and if if you hear it shriek in pain, you can flick them right back off. But if it doesn't scream in pain, then it helps you look. You don't know what you're looking for. It's just it's just turned into some other creature. We just missed the Snickers line. Did he say a line? Yeah, well, he said something that to me read like a Snickers commercial. Hey. Hey, now. Don't you feel better, huh? You're not you when you're hungry. Because <laughs> he specifically fed him a Snickers bar. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, better? <laughs> but then he dies. Yeah. So, no, it just to me, that because this is before that specific marketing thing with Snickers bars, that it just made me think. This was the first Snickers commercial. In a way. Not a good one, though. (laughs) Yum, yum. Monstrous. Oh, God, he's got a needle in his butt. It almost looks animated the way they highlighted it. (laughs) So how many people died in this movie? Uh, Science guy. We don't know how many people in town died. So uh, science guy. Of the ones we see, anyway. Bitchy LaRue. Yeah. Science guy and Bitchy LaRue. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm sure she has a different name, but she will it's be bitchy. Deagle. Mrs. Deagle. Yeah, bitchy Deagle. <laughs> bitchy Deagle? <laughs> <laughs> She's a bitch doll. Anyway, so my next one is 5211. So this is where mom is making gingerbread cookies and she hears a... Uh, a ruckus. A ruckus or Could a... Could com- you describe the ruckus? A commotion upstairs. And she goes about it by snagging a knife, which I really liked. Yeah, well, my first choice would have been to just get out of the house altogether 
she kind of turned into like mom Buffy the Vampire Slayer and started to creatively defend her home. <laughs> yeah, I thought she was. She did a good really, job. Yeah, competent, well prepared. She was doing all this. Although, so I'm of two minds when it comes to this. All right, now she's up in the attic and she sees all the pods are empty. But I'm of two minds of this. So she was kind of a badass, and she continues to be. She blends one. She microwaves one. She stabs one to death. She kills the most. Like, the, the most are killed in the fire at the theater, but yeah. the most direct kills, hands-on, her. She yeah, and she was the most, uh, like, she thought on her feet and stuff like that. So I thought that was really good. However, I pointed out earlier that she saw the pods upstairs, mm-hmm. and so did Billy. And neither of them did anything about that, didn't alert anybody about that, and what? didn't lock doors didn't do anything they didn't know what it meant okay that's all the more reason to call somebody about it who are you gonna call um anybody authorities i stole this property it has expanded and created pods okay but at what point do you call somebody because when you've got pods if i have pods growing uh, in my house like that just imagine i've got pods in my living room right here Mm -hmm. and i just don't do anything about it how wild is that Well, I will say you had like pods all around your doorframe of some mysterious little... They weren't pods. It was fur. <laughs> it's bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. <laughs> it, was de- it was definitely odd looking, but I lo- I did Google it. And you didn't alert the authorities. <laughs> no, because I Googled it and it's just said that that happens when things get moist sometimes in some climates. <laughs> Sorry. But anyway, they didn't have Google, so they couldn't have looked up pods. Maybe that's what the dad should have invented. Google. Google. Maybe he did. Maybe he was part of that whole scene. <laughs> anyway, it just is. Come on. You've got to admit that's pretty wild to see pods that look like that and just leave the room well, and go make gingerbread cookies. You saw that these things were not as behaved as the other one. They're a little bizarre. I, I would have sought help sooner. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not disagreeing there, but um, she also it, it looks like she's willing to go along with the whims of her son and her husband. Being easygoing is fine, but the the son and the husband are. I'm also blaming them. Like if you see pods that look like that, mysterious alien pods, get somebody. I don't know who it is. A scientist, an officer, a fireman, a news anchor, neighbors, somebody. somebody take pictures of it. Lock the doors. I could see you calling the FBI. Uh, excuse me, FBI guys. I got some pods. I'm sure what? they would love to see them. <laughs> You know, everyone would be interested Wait, would it in be this. CIA or FBI? All of them. All of them. You just call, uh, hey, the FBI guys are already on their way. So if you want to show up, you better hurry. Sir, we are they. <laughs> no, I could just see you like telling like the other agency, the other one is already on en route. Mm-hmm. So they're the yeah, they're, they're, if they're already making good time here. If you want to beat them, you're going to have to leave now. If you want this scoop to be your scoop. <laughs> anyway, did I have anything more to say? Oh, actually, continuing on this phone call, there is a nice little reference. Are you okay? Where are you? Danger. Danger, Will Robinson. Get out of the house. That kind of made me think of Corey Haim in Lost Boys when he was like, No, Mom, don't listen to him. He doesn't know what he's talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Just sounded a little desperate. (laughs) That line still makes me laugh. So I went back so we could see this line better. Phone home. E. It was an E.T. reference. What? Also, the name on the theater outside was uh, Boy Story or something like that, mm-hmm. which was the original working title of E.T. Oh, that's And then the theater later is only playing Snow White. 
Mm-hmm. Well, the, and, and there was, they're loving it. But there was another <laughs> name. There was another name on a on that theater, I guess, on the other side. So the one side was a boy's story, which was the working original title for E.T. And then the other side was Watch the Sky or something like that, which was the original working title for Close Encounters. Of the third kind? Yep. So there, those were both Stevie Spielberg's references also. Huh. I like it. I like these little Easter eggs. Yep. Again, it's just how clever is the mom? There is one in the kitchen eating her cookies and is climbing into the blender for a drinky poo. She turns on the blender. Yeah, and she didn't She didn't stop to think about it. She just did it. Yeah, she's like, I will defend my home. And also, that's pretty gory yeah. <laughs> for a kid's the, movie. The green sludge. And then she uh, has a... I again creative like getting the she got a shield yeah she got a shield out of um, one of those like TV dinner, dinner tables yeah. yeah and she is approaching wielding her knife yeah she's closing the distance to uh, anybody who's played like a class based video games know that a for a sword and board person you've got to close the distance for the ranged people a sword and board sorry. that's what that's how you reference them the sword and board the board <laughs> is the shield the sword obviously is the sword but you close the distance between the ranged people so you can get in and fight them like that she's doing exactly the right thing and so um and she stabs that thing like a champion and now at uh, 56.49, unless we wanted to do the microwave kill to see the guy's hat. Yeah. So she foams him with, like, easy off into the microwave. Oh, sorry, it was fleeing tick medicine. Ugh. Dinner's ready. I didn't see any guy. I didn't either. But... Maybe it in was something scene in coming the reflection. Up, you absolutely will. At 5649, you can 100% see the cast member pushing over the tree. And this is the first time I've ever noticed it was this last rewatch of this film. She's prowling the hall, stalking her next victim. Oh. Uh, she cuts it down, and it's a little robotic toy. Which, who was that intended for? Everyone in that house is too old for that toy. It was for the dad. <laughs> so look at the look at the left side. So you can see his shoulder there. Ah, yes. <laughs> and there's his face. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a little mustache and a nose. And he just kind of looks disinterestedly shaking the tree. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that just, I think it's one of the more blatant slips I've seen in a film. Like, aside from, I think we've noted a couple of mic booms. Uh, well, we also saw the whole, like, director and everybody in uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark and the reflection of the canopy. That's also true. Right, Old oh. guy just stepped out of a building. It looks like either a church or a city building. I took him to be a man of the cloth. Yeah, I, I thought... I got a clergy vibe. And the letters he put in the mailbox got popped out. He looks Rejected. perplexed. And up comes another gentleman. Your hate award guy. And <laughs> it's eating his arm. Oh, God. Oh, oh my God. The airstrike. Yep. So no, Hiding just, in the snow. Yeah. <laughs> That scene just reminded me of Ace Ventura specifically uh, where he's hiding in the mailbox trying to look at guys' rings uh, to look for one that has a missing stone. That's right, yeah. 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 Okay, so 110-ish. We don't have to play it. We might as well just have it in the background. 
your favorite, Mrs. Deagle, the one that you idolize and worship out of all? Uh, no. <laughs> so we're in Dory's Tavern. And we've She's got, serving them. Yeah, we've got evil gremlins drinking, smoking, carrying on down the pub. So why is she serving them instead of running away for help? Maybe they've kind of, it looks like they've trapped her in there. So maybe they're like. Doesn't look like anybody's being. Apparently one of the, the shrieks that she did was real because she saw a cockroach. <laughs> um, anyway, but it doesn't seem like anybody's hemming her in or having a gun to her or anything. Why doesn't she try to run out? I mean, one of them does have a gun. At yeah, but not door. on her. At the front door. But no, and we don't know what the lead up is, but in my mind, I kind of made the story that maybe they, you know, would threaten to bite or harm her if she tried to step out from behind the bar. I also wonder why they have such human behavior. Like all of them, they're hugging each other and doing like the bar sway, listening to stuff. There's a flasher. There's a flasher with sunglasses and a trench coat that were somehow (laughs) tailor made for a gremlin of his size Mm -hmm. and dimensions. Maybe gremlins are also really quick seamstresses and um, sewers, tailors. And here they're playing Star Wars. Playing poker. And Somehow they know how to play poker. And the original lady gremlin. And they've got hats on. Like, I don't know. It just seems weird that they've got clothes and stuff that are tailor made for. You mean out of this comical, cartoony villain? You're worried about them acting comical and cartoony? Uh-huh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I don't know, because it didn't, like, this movie doesn't seem to be set up, like, like with any movie that has fantastical elements, they set up the logic, and then you go along with it, and so whatever they've set up, they've set up the existence of these creatures. I'm not complaining about that, but they never set up that these creatures also knew how to get clothing, or that the laws of reality would bend in other ways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so just the fact that law, the law of reality is making their personalities human-like. They're doing human things. They know how to play human games. And they're wearing clothes from a culture that they have no idea about. Yeah. It's just, it's weird. <laughs> They've got uh, little gremlin-sized glasses. They've got a gremlin-sized gun. I like the little bumblebee puppet guy. He's adorable. <laughs> I fully believe that's Howie Mandel. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounded almost as good as some of the Disturbed songs. And then there's the flash, flash dance one. Anyway, so that's I, I just kind of wanted to have a, a blanket complaint about that scene. Mm-hmm. And, and generally their human behaviors and stuff like that. But To me, one of the things that didn't make sense was this deep-hearted conversation. Very well acted by Phoebe Cates, but this seemed out of place. This is just after they've been running away from the chaos of the city. And she says, it's another reason for me to hate Christmas. Yeah, I've got the same timestamp. The worst thing that ever happened to me was on Christmas. God, it was so horrible. It was Christmas Eve. I was nine years old. Me and Mom were, were decorating the tree, waiting for Dad to come home from work. A couple hours went by. Dad wasn't home. Mom called the office. No answer. 
Christmas Day came and went, and still nothing. So the police began a search. Four or five days went by. Neither one of us could eat or sleep. Gizmo looked skeptical. Everything was falling apart. See, I took it to be contemplated. It was snowing outside. I'm sure it is. The house was freezing, so I went to try to light up the fire. And that's when I noticed the smell. Fire guy. Firemen came and broke through the chimney top. And me and Mom were expecting them to pull out a dead cat or a bird. And instead, they pulled out my father. This is a kid's movie. What the? <laughs> he was dressed in a Santa Claus suit. So, when, this whole thing was building up. I was emotionally invested in the story. I was sad with them. And I, when Gizmo's ears go down, broke my heart a little bit. But when she said he was dressed in a Santa Claus outfit, for some reason I burst out laughing. That's <laughs> <laughs> it hilarious. it was just too awkward for you. No. <laughs> so it seemed like it was designed to be funny. On the chimney on Christmas Eve, his arms loaded with presents. He was going to surprise us. He slipped and broke his neck. Died instantly. All right. So it, it was it was hilarious because I expected her to say like, and he hung himself in the chimney. Like I was going to be like, oh, that's an awkward way to hang yourself. But he fell and broke his neck in the chimney. Mm-hmm. Trying to surprise them for Christmas. How do you fall and break your neck in a chimney? Maybe like he slipped on the, like he lost his footing, like he was shimmying himself down. So he he was on the roof, slipped on the roof, up and into the chimney at such an angle that he cracked his neck on the way in. But such a way that it was not visible from the outside because they would have seen it. Or the inside. Well, yeah, he's inside the chimney. Mm -hmm. How do you break your neck on the way into a chimney? I've not done a lot of times in chimneys, so I'm not sure. The only thing I can think is like he was like, bracing himself to lower down slow and then it just like hit him in a weird angle or maybe he was using a rope and the rope like caught around his neck and well the, she didn't say that that wouldn't she, have been a broken neck well and she said she he died instantly yeah i i don't know i don't I, I would like to see the weird pattern that this chimney was because my guess is maybe it was like a zigzaggy shape or something <laughs> it was a wild shape yeah. <laughs> one of these crazy chimneys you exactly. see i can't picture the physics of being on a roof, tripping and falling into a chimney in such a way that you don't hurt yourself in a non-specific way or get stuck, but break your neck. Now, listen, I may just be a simple country architect. But I like to make chimneys where the top of it is well-shaped so that you can f- easily fall into them Yeah, from on top of the roof. Because for chim- Christmas, chimneys are higher than the roof usually. Usually, not my chimney. <laughs> Why wouldn't it be? The smoke <laughs> doesn't. It shouldn't hit the the roof at all because it'll damage it. It has to be above the roof. Mm-hmm. So how do you fall into it accidentally and break your neck? So maybe when he was like positioning himself to like do the the swoop in, and his body didn't do what Santa's, which is you know turn to jello, sure, and just kind of in. Yeah, he just. He made himself, he got, he got to the top of the chimney. He's kind of finagling himself. And then whoopsie doodles. And then like 
as he's falling in, his back, because, you know, the head weighs so much more than other parts of you, mm-hmm. it, his head just kind of pulled him back. So as he's falling in, like, oh, no. But, if, then, but so then, are you saying he's diving head first? No, feet first. So Okay. Okay. So my water glass. Is, oh, oh. Okay, so he's diving in feet first, but his his head went back a little bit, so it got gets caught on the top of the, the chimney. The lit, and then like, but that, that's not slipping and falling; that's diving in. Okay, yeah. So like, he just that, that's the only thing I can think. He I know. he goes to fall in, his head hits the back of the the brick. I'm assuming it's brick, the brick part of the the chimney, and it like cracks his neck, and then he just slides down and gets stuck. I see. I I can picture that. But that's not consistent with accidentally tripping and falling. Yeah, I, I don't know. Her, don't. her story does not add up to me. She killed her dad. She killed her dad. <laughs> I think this is the truth. <laughs> does it go into any more detail in Gremlins 2? No. We just Lester Holted her whole story. Lester Piccadilly Holt wears an, a, a crisp three-piece every, every episode. Yeah. Yep. All right. Is there anything else going on? Hang on. Hung himself. Dressed up like Santa coming up. Oh yeah. What other problems did I? Have? I have I have more. <laughs> Hang on. I, wait till I get going. <laughs> I haven't even started yet. All right. So surely you have a dizzying intellect. <laughs> so he was coming down the chimney mm-hmm. before people are asleep. So firstly, that's not what Santa does. No, he he comes after people are asleep. No, he he did that after they were asleep. She no. She said that we were putting up the Christmas lights, and he stepped out. Yeah, we, we presumably to get up on the roof and come down the chimney. Yeah, but he was maybe he had, he didn't start to get into the chimney process until after they were asleep. Well, then why would he do this at all if no one's there to see? So they could wake up and see him coming down the chimney. I'm actually surprised the mom didn't know he had this up his sleeve. Well, yeah. So it was presumably to surprise her too. Which is what I'm saying. Like he, w- it seems like he meant to do it while everyone was in the living room, mm. so that everyone could see him do it. Because if no one's in the room, then what's the point of doing this? Honestly, it seems way over the top. Even if people do see you doing mm-hmm. it, like who goes down a chimney? How, like how does he know he's not going to get stuck? Even if he doesn't break his neck accidentally falling head first down a chimney. Yeah, no, it, it's an ill-advised tactical thing. I think she killed him. Maybe he was hoping that someone would hear something of him coming down the chimney to have them come in at the right moment. I, I don't know. It's a stretch. I, I think it would have been a bad idea because also chimneys are so narrow. That's like, what I'm saying. Like, why did he think he'd be able to get down it? So it also would have made more sense to me if like he left to go to the bar to get drunk and then came up with this idea and then came back and that's how he had the accident. So there's there's more backstory we need then because... Maybe the mother and him were fighting. or so, And he's trying to make it up. Yeah, so he went to the bar. He's getting drunk with some guys there. And they're like, come on, you need to go back there and apologize. And he's like, you know what? I have a Santa Claus outfit in my car. <laughs> I got this. I've got all, as she said, he had all the presents in his hands. Yeah. I've got all the presents in my car. It seemed like he prepared for this. It doesn't <laughs> seem like. <laughs> and then I'm going to kill myself and that'll show. That, that'll show that bitch. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Chimney Jones. <laughs> he looks like a young Robert Sean Leonard here. Oh, huh. doesn't he? Kind of. Wilson from House. Kind of. He's got the, I've been watching a lot of House recently. He does have the thicky eyebrows. Thick eyebrows, big eyes. Uh, he's big, op- big open face. Looking in need of caffeine. 
So what did I, I wanted to complain about the neck breaking. What did I want to argue about and ask an impossible question? No, you can feel free to agree with me. You don't have to argue. <laughs> no, but it's more dynamic if I argue. I guess so. <laughs> uh, him coming down that the chimney when everyone's awake, which doesn't make any sense. Or if he's doing it when they're asleep, that also doesn't make sense because no one's going to see it. So why go through the effort? And do you die instantly from a neck break? You can. Can you? Yeah, because... Um, if like the, I don't know the, the anatomy of it, but I'm under the impression that you can't, if movies have taught me anything, is that a good neck break? Well, yeah, I know. Like, you know, Bruce Willis can come up to you and swivel, swivel your neck a bit and you're gone. But I, from the anatomy of it, it seems like, or the biology of it or the physiology of it, it seems like that would paralyze you and surely not be good for you. And you might die in a certain amount of time if nobody comes to your aid, but instantly it could also be brain death because if you're severing that column that also connects with the the brain stem yeah well yeah and so this is i just don't know how the physiology of it works but there are certain systems that a backup engine no no but like if if your heart is still beating and still circulating blood your your brain your your brain not be able to send signals to like your muscles to move them but as long as every like all your uh what is it autonomic system as long as that's still working you're still alive so you're in a paralytic vegetative state. Right. So you're alive. You're not You're not well. There's no denying it. You're not well, but you're not dead. I would have to do the more research into what would actually cause someone to die from a brain, uh, a, a neck snap. Because yeah. if Bruce Willis does it to you, you absolutely die 100% of the time. Now, what happens if Jason Statham like punches you in the back of the neck? and You die 100% yeah. of the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My guess is it would also have to do, like, you would instantly start leaking spinal fluids. You know what that made me think of? Key and Peel, where they do the terrorist thing on the plane. Squeak, squeak, squeak. You got a Drex. Lamb. Sclounced. This has been our most Key and Peel episode yet. Did I tell you I had a really bad Key and Peel nightmare the other day? What? That doesn't sound like a nightmare, but go on. Oh, so we were in this office building. For some reason, we were all very well dressed and working. Mm-hmm. We as in your coworkers then? No, you and I. Oh, okay. You and I and a couple of our friends. Was I a coworker? Oh, yeah. we, oh okay. We're all wearing really nice suits. Okay. Like, we're very professional. You had a briefcase. Like Sweet. Yeah. Was it leather? It was. And like nice. black, black leather is very sleek. And right. I remember the details of this. very, <laughs> But we were in some kind of building, like Nakatomi Plaza, like a high rise kind of building. So we were definitely in a city somewhere. Did I have sunglasses on? No. Okay. But we were inside. And I'm, we pi- were- I'm picturing myself like Agent Smith. <laughs> so as we're working, for some reason, in the corner of my eye, I keep seeing these old school clowns. And like when I'm talking <laughs> about like old like. <laughs> Like, I'm talking like, you know, Piero the Clown, like that kind of like very theatrical, creepy clown. But they're always in the corner of my eye. So I go to look and they're gone. Oh, wow. This actually sounds like a nightmare I would have. Oh, gosh. But they were Kane Peel. (laughs) (laughs) Why? I don't know. What? Like, because I I specifically remember Keegan-Michael Key's, like, like, the... Face he was making like just like it was almost like baby Forrest Whitaker face. I mean, it's it's I guess true to their yeah. souls. It's a combination <laughs> of drama, a combination of drama and comedy. Yeah. So in my dream, I didn't want to go home because I was like, if I go home, these clowns are gonna get me. I woke up paranoid to like look around because like, <laughs> they're gonna be in the corner, just like 
<laughs> so this I think has been dream analysis. <laughs> so I think I've complained about. I think I've complained about everything I can mm-hmm. to do with the the chimney and cl- the 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 clown, <laughs> the Santa <laughs> dying in the chimney discussion. However, that's my complaints. I also have notes from the studio. So the Santa speech proved to be so controversial that the studio executives insisted upon its removal because they felt it was too ambiguous as to whether or not it was supposed to be funny or sad. <laughs> I don't know whether to laugh or cry. See, but that's how I was. That's how exactly how I felt when I watched it. I was kind of with her emotionally until she said he was dressed like Santa Claus, and then I wanted to laugh, and I did. So, director Joe Dante, however, stubbornly refused to take the scene out, saying it represented this movie as a whole, how? which which had a combination of horrific and comedic elements. So, Stevie but Spielberg. Not depressing. <laughs> Stevie Spielberg said he did not like the scene, but despite his creative control, he viewed this movie as Dante's project and allowed him to keep it in. Well, it was nice of him to release the controls, but yep. I will say that between this and Bitchy LaRue, you know, the, those were two elements that didn't seem quite necessary, except maybe to add depth to yeah, it was their, their relationship. She's like, I'm trusting you with this sad dark secret but in a town that small i feel like he would have known yeah because they're going to break up in a couple months and he's going to tell everyone well no i just feel like in a town that small he would have already heard this story oh i see what you mean yeah probably but uh yeah it's flavor text for her character and it's relating it to christmas so i mean i don't think that's necessarily a bad connection to make for the movie and we didn't automatically just jump to the same conclusion that Billy did, which is, what are you, Hindu or something? It's like, <laughs> she could have been any religion. You don't know. He's just guessing one random one. He said, or something. That covers all the other religions. So just say, are you not Christian? Are you, are you or something? Are you or, or something? <laughs> Start alphabetically. Are you agnostic or something? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, that's a good point. Agnostic, yes. Atheist, agnostic. Yeah. Agnostic is diet atheist. It being a strident atheist and being an I don't know, I'm not really sure what's going on out there. They're both atheists. One is just being more assertive about something and one is being less assertive. You know, uh, in my professional work career, there's something I'm actively working on, uh, which is eliminating my passive voice when I'm writing because passive voice allows for people to interject. And so writing more assertively has been something I'm actively working on. Well, that's good. Basically, when I'm rereading something before I send it or preparing something that I'm saying, I'm looking at it in advance and asking myself, this line, is it reading passively or is it what I mean to say? Uh, certain cases i don't explicitly say what i would like for you to do is x y and z so you you want to get to a point where you are saying what i want you to do is this Mm -hmm. rather than what then just kind of flowerly (laughs) saying this needs to be done it would be super swell (laughs) (laughs) this needs to be done it's right in your wheelhouse i know you can do it it's more like Well, this person needs to be called back and it really should come from this person's leadership team. Mm -hmm. It's not explicitly saying you, Zach, you need to call this this person. Yeah. Yeah. There's nice ways I can ask you to do the thing, but I still need to explicitly say, hey, Zach, you got to call this person. Yeah. It's not always a question. Yeah. You got to do it. Yeah. 
it's not ending everything with an upward inclination. That's right. <laughs> Which I know from your professor that you and your sister both do. Yeah. My sister actually messaged me about it. She's like, oh, God, that professor. <laughs> <laughs> no, she said, oh, God, that professor. <laughs> well, it was in text, so I didn't add the inclination. It's implied. It's implied. <laughs> Is it implied? Or, or implode. implode. <laughs> <It's> scoop me. <laughs> It's one of my favorite Simpsons quotes. Mom, make him stop. Ah, <laughs> uh, behold the wonders of men. Wonders, Lisa? Or blunders? I believe that was implied, Dad. Implied? implied or implied? <laughs> They're all on the Disney Plus. I know, and I have access. And we're about to have a hundred million shows drop, so you better catch up on the old stuff. I know. Can we talk about all the Star Wars news? I don't know if we can. Disney has big arms and they'll smack us with them. I mean, come on. Uh, we can discuss it. We can't sing their songs. Lando, mm-hmm. Obi-Wan, mm-hmm. Ashakuka, or whatever that lady's name is. I always Rosario Ash- Dawson? Yeah, well, that's a real person <laughs> name, but her Star Wars name is Ashakuka Shabusha. I think Rosario is a pretty name. It's a lovely name. She's a lovely actress. Mm-hmm. Lovely character. She's getting her own show. Mm-hmm. There's Bad Batch. And then there's also going to be the WandaVision show, which is, that looks like it's going to be trippy. Yeah, but that's not Star Wars, is it? No, but it's Disney+. Plus. Yeah, but it's not Star Wars, and that's what I care about. And then there's going to be the Loki show. That's going to be good. Yeah, but it's not Star Wars, and that's what I care about. And then there's going to... Oh, did you hear that Christensen, Hayden Christensen's coming for the Obi-Wan? Uh, yeah, can I be controversial? Yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> He's had to have some personal growth since then. <laughs> You know what, but I, I love the prequels. And I know I've said this before mm-hmm. on the podcast. I love the prequels. You know, his acting in uh, episode two is a little rocky. But a lot of things in episode two were kind of rocky. I mean, I, like I said, I liked all three of those movies for different reasons. There were, there were weirdnesses, especially with the relationship of Anakin and Padme. That was weird. And it was too quick. It happened too fast. And it was a little bit weird. Well, really, it happened over, you know, a decade well, no, it didn't. Him from being a kid to being a late teen or early 20s, whatever he was supposed to be in episode two, mm-hmm. they weren't really in communication in that time. I was just making a yoke. Man, small, you small. can't, don't, you don't joke about Star Wars. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> you are serious face. You know, I would really appreciate if they did do another um, Ewoks movie because I actually liked the Ewoks movie. There is a Willow show in the works. But you said we couldn't talk about non-Star Wars. Yeah, but it's it's uh, Warwick Warwick Davis. Mm-hmm. So basically, Star Wars. <laughs> I mean, if we're going by that logic, <laughs> <laughs> which means that Professor Flitwick is also Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So Harry Potter is Star Wars. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> anyway, any golly so way. Gremlins. Gremlins. Are we watching this movie still? Jesus. All right. <laughs> I just want to watch some Star Wars. Let's watch Mandalorian. So they're walking down the street after all that uh, Santa Claus talk, and they take a gander at the movie theater and the chaos. Snow White and the Seven Dwarves is showing here. All right, so they take a little peek in and they see a little fella, and he's rummaging around in the old popcorn. Which, you know. If Zach had seen them do this, he would have cut a gremlin, defended that popcorn turf. That's right. Well, I would have been really disappointed if someone had left that popcorn after closing the theater. Like, take it home with you. Give it a good home. So can I ruin your visage of what happens to the popcorn at the end of the night? Please don't tell me they throw it away. No. Oh, God. What do they do? 
they scoop it all into a big trash bag. And then when they open the next day, a little bit before customers come, they put it in the warmer. So the if you go to a matinee or the first showings, you they pop one batch of fresh to get the smell kind of going mm. in the theater. But the ones that are in the warmers are whatever's left over from the night before. That's dirty. That's playing dirty pool. Mm-hmm. See, I've gone for a matinee and I demanded they cook me a fresh batch because I was afraid of something like that. Mm-hmm. But you've confirmed my fears. Yeah. But I had fresh that day. I'll have it known. You're like, can I have it from the, the back popper instead of the warmers? No, I asked them to make new. <laughs> I was, like, <laughs> like, I was like, put some seeds in there and make I'll, it happen. I'll wait. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I stood, uh, you know, I think it took them, it's not that long. I mean, like No, it only takes like, like a couple minutes for yeah. it to, especially if they had already had it heating up. You know what I said to them? It's like, do you know who my daddy is? You are going to make me fresh popcorn or I'm shutting this place down. Add some gold flakes to it. That will probably be unhealthy. One of our listeners does like jalapenos on their popcorn, according See, to our poll. Really good. I, I'm not a big pickled jalapeno person. Who said anything about pickled? Well, the kinds that you get at the movie theater are not fresh cut. Well, that's what I'm kind. I'm talking about fresh cut. Yeah, the the kind that you get at like nachos and stuff. Those are some kind of treated, marinated jalapenos. Well, I mean, I'll take that to pinch. If that's all they've got, I'll put that on my popcorn. That sounds really good. Again, you're getting the wet on your crunchy thing. Yeah, but I, I won't mix them in the bag. I'll just take a handful of each. <laughs> this is my wet hand. This is <laughs> my dry <exactly>. hand. <laughs> Never between they shall meet. <laughs> Until I do this. Gulp, gulp. Oh, damn. <laughs> you just you just did noises into the <laughs> mic, though. Again, this whole episode, bad for misophonia. Misothelioma. Anyway, so I just did the scene. They're all in the theater, and I just wanted to point out how sweet this is. Mm-hmm. I mean, <clears throat> I'm still upset that they're all dressed in human, like mini human clothes and stuff like that, making no sense. But how cool is Wait it? Wait until Gremlins too. I know. I'm so You're ready. apprehensive. Your body is ready. You think I'm ready? <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. All right, but there are dozens of puppets that are being manipulated here. And honestly, it's it's just a, a feat of organization and technical prowess. And thank goodness this is just from a movie set, not an actual movie theater, because the floor would have been so sticky, the puppeteers would never have been able to get up. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I, I just thought that that was pretty impressive, because, I mean, I don't know how many, what do you think? How many chairs in a row? Ten Nine, in a row. Ten. Yeah, a bunch of rows. Yeah. That's like, that's, oh, that's over a hundred gremlins that are being articulated right there yeah that's impressive very much so that's pretty cool i'd like to see some behind the scenes on that because i mean you do you think they had a hundred puppeteers or were there probably a puppeteer doing two or three puppets at a time well it's also possible i didn't pay strict attention to their range of motion it could be that like all of the puppets were like on a crank system to kind of well they're being pretty chaotic but yeah they might be on something like that that gives them a little bit of you know, just random chaotic motion like mm-hmm. that. And then maybe a couple of puppeteers drawn throughout to give more dynamic motion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, here, let's let's have another look through. I mean, there's a lot of swaying, but I don't really see any patterns. Milk duds. Milk duds. <laughs> <laughs> this movie brought to you by Milk Duds and Burger King, the king of burgers. And we are going to get paid for that, right? Well, no, there was a... A Burger King in the town. That was the only fast food restaurant. Yeah, but listeners didn't see that. <laughs> <laughs> and now we've just advertised for them. So I feel like Maybe we need to get Maybe that's who I'm seeing back. in the corner of my eye. It's the king looking for <laughs> it's his the king chef. and Ronald McDonald. 
So I have honestly never had a Burger King burger. I don't know that I have either. Yeah. And so maybe he does want his dues. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. All right. So uh, let's see here. That's my last thing. So let's move on to act four, Rose Tinted Feels. Feels. He muted me. No, I, I just, this was down. <laughs> Try again. Do it again. Do it again. Go on. Yeah. Rose-tinted feels. <laughs> All right, so Allison, by God, by thunder, and by Jove, was it as good as you remember? As Thor is my witness? Oh, yes. It's silly. It's Christmas horror camp, but to me, it really hasn't lost its charm. Like, it's not without its problems, but it was, I think it delivered what it seemed to show it was going to what was on the tin? It gave you exactly what was on the tin. Yeah. So uh, has your perspective on anything changed over the years, including bad Santa Claus stories? So I I will say that some of the flaws in the film were more present this time watching it because I, I, I watched them more critically when I'm preparing for an episode. Mm. And so there were obvious mistakes like the, the guy behind the tree and some of the times where the gremlins were claymation, like when they're all storming the town, they're obviously claymation. So, yeah, so some some of my age has made me lose some of my automatic acceptance and wonder. Okay. I've created a new section. It's not on your copy. This mm-hmm. You have an Allison section. I now have a Zach section. That seems to be more complete. The Zach question, as far as I only have one so far, is what were Zach's overall thoughts on the movie? Because well, I usually just pepper them in later. Mm-hmm. So I've decided to have a little section just to talk about how I feel. No, I appreciate that. All right. So... I've, I've actually already kind of gone into this. I initially thought that the main tension in the movie was going to be about Billy's dog. I thought that the, the Scrooge lady was going to be harassed by gremlins who was going to set the dog up to take the blame. And so it was going to kind of be about trying to save the dogs from the dog from kind of a summary execution by mm-hmm. the pet control or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that kind of that thread was just dropped entirely. I also thought that the threat of the gremlins was kind of similar to Chucky. They're, they're small. Just pick them up. They seem stronger, and they also have more serrated fingertips. Yeah, that's true. I mean, especially uh, Stripe. Maybe as they mature, they get a little bit more, like their claws get a little bit more intense. But sir, just pick them up by the neck and face them away from you. Threat neutralized. They're, they're kind of slimy looking. Yeah, but I'd rather that than get stabbed by them. I guess. <laughs> Gookie fingers, Zach. Gookie, Gookie fingers. fingers. <laughs> very true. Very true. There's nothing to be helped for that. But uh, anyway. And swarms of anything are terrifying. Swarms of bunny rabbits could sw- be terrifying. Swarms of children. Yeah. No. Seriously. <laughs> but, uh, they no. have sticky fingers too. Jammy hands. Although, <laughs> yeah. I still feel like I could take them. <laughs> well, k- kids are not equipped with like serrated blade fingers and bitey teeth. Well, they have bitey teeth, but they, they do. don't have... Ser- and they're a little serrated. <laughs> Strike that. They, they don't often. They're just not coordinated. And, and they also, they're not coordinated. They also don't have murderous intent that we can visualize or accept as murderous intent. What about that movie, Damien? He didn't have murderous intent. He was just a reincarnation of the devil. Through him, evil was done. Sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, all right. So I feel like if uh, if a couple gremlins were coming up to me. A couple, but a swarm. When does anyone get swarmed in this movie, though? It's mainly just one at a time style. I don't know. I, I feel like they they could have swarmed Phoebe Cates. Coulda. 
They didn't. No, she was just serving him drinks. Yeah. She was an accomplice. You know, it, if I was under this situation where, like, I'm working uh, in a bar and these murderers, but somehow at the same time humanoid creatures came in, I'd be like, do, do you want a beer? How about a beer? Have a cold one. And then, like, <laughs> have a cold one. Yeah. You monsters. No, I wouldn't call them that, but yes, oh, okay. that's what they are. <laughs> So uh, anyway, yeah, I feel like I just kick them, just kick them. It'll be all right until they bit down on your toesies. And I stomp on their head with my other foot. <laughs> While you're kicking the other one, can you fly? <laughs> like, uh, you're like so you go. To oh, so you're, you're talking yeah. about two two coming at me at once? Yeah. Okay. So two coming at me at once. One gets here first. I kick him. As I do this, he clamps down on my foot with his teeth. Mm-hmm. I grab the other one by the throat stomp on the other one's neck and crush the other one's neck with my hand. But when you break its neck, when you curb stomp it... It dies instantly. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's at least incapacitated. We can we can say that. It's not well. The threat has been neutralized. Yes, he's not well. <laughs> Neither is the other one whose neck I am now crushing. Uh-huh. And I give him a couple punches in the face Just for good measure. Yeah. Just for good measure. A little onesie-twosie? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Here's one for the old man. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that, that's how I would handle a, uh, a gremlin incursion. I'm glad you asked. So, <laughs> anyway, so that's my, my overall thought on the movie. Um, gremlin incursion should also be the name of your punk band. I like that. There is a group called uh, Mogwai, though. Yeah, but you're not being Mogwai. You're being gremlin. Gremlin incursion. Gremlin incursion. So my overall thought on the movie is I liked it. Mm-hmm. That is the, the emotion in my voice right there is exactly how I feel. It's fine. I liked it. Yeah. It's like um, an acceptable vegetable on your dinner plate. I don't know how healthy it was for me, but. <laughs> it was green. <laughs> <laughs> there was some green stuff. It's in the it. green jello. <laughs> yeah. All right. So did it contribute something? No. No. Um, Puppets and explosions. I will say. Well, it didn't contribute something to cinema. And claymation, obviously. Most Christmas horror films that I have seen have been slasher-related. This is the only Christmas monster flick that I can think of before Krampus came out. But what other children's Christmas horror movie do you know about? So there was one that I used to find kind of scary that had John Lithgow in it. He was playing like some ad executive and he was the bad guy and this was also a horror movie i don't know that it was intended to be a horror movie but it creeped me out Mm, okay it was in the 80s i'll say no more (laughs) so yeah puppets and explosions and claymation didn't contribute much no but to my knowledge it's one of the only it was one of the first christmas children's monster Yeah, children's horror. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I like that as a uh, a sub genre. Children's and, horror. Yeah, and if <laughs> Christmas children's horror. Yeah, specifically because I can think of other movies that were horror movies intended for kids. Yeah, yeah, but like Christmas children, ch- Christmas children horror. I'm pretty sure this is one of the only. <laughs> one of the only. So for that reason, ten out of ten. <laughs> no, it doesn't need to be ten out of ten, but it contributed something to cinema. Now. That is really sad. You are the first type of your own genre, and you don't get a perfect score. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, do you think that anything should be changed for a modern audience? I think that there were 
it committed several racisms. Mm-hmm. So don't do that. Unless you're, you're commenting on racism. There are ways to, to show racism and for, for characters to be racist, mm-hmm. for characters to be stereotypical in a way that's intending to point those things out or be ironic in some way. I don't think this movie was doing any of that. I don't think it was thoughtful enough. It could barely get through a, a Santa Claus story coherently. Mm-hmm. So I, I would p- potentially change that. So something I will say is that the um, drunk racist neighbor character. Damn foreigners. Well, he was laughable and reminds me of kind of the drunk uncle pro-Trump mm. stereotype. Yeah, or Chris Columbus. Yeah, or Chris Columbus. You know, I think that while he is not a likable guy, I thought he did a good job playing that character. Sure. Like so that that was I would say a successful way of mocking racists. Sure. And I and I like I'm taking the Mickey out of uh Chris Columbus a lot in this. I don't know that he's actually racist. <laughs> I believed you. I went with it. I was like, "Oh, maybe there's a scandal I hadn't heard." No, no. I mean, he it was the 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 script that he wrote for It's the same way that I rip on uh, Stevie Spielberg and George Lucas for being totally uh misogynistic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't I don't know I don't think that they actually are now. I don't even know if they were. They might have just been going through a hard time, and everyone goes through hard times. Yeah, we all have that, you know, that bitch or bastard in our purview that we yeah. shake our fist at. And this was, this was an 80s movie. There's bound to be things that are not up to normal PC standards for the 2020s. Even in the 90s, you know, get that. Yeah, exactly. Even in the 2000s. I mean, it, it's going to happen, and in another decade or 50 years, people are going to look back on movies that came out in the tw- 2020s and they're going to be like, wow, that was some, that was rough. I don't know if we can say that. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's just, it's bound to happen. So I, I don't know that he's actually racist. I just like making fun of him. So it's possible that he made that character as a, uh, an examination on how hilarious racism can be. I will say he's one of the characters that returns in the sequel. So clearly Joe Dante liked him. Mm-hmm. Is his name Joe Dante or J- Joel? I thought it was Joe. John. I thought it was Joe. Jimmy. James. Joe. 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 All right. Act five. The Rose Awards ceremony. (laughs) Damn it. I swear I thought that was the right one. All right. Act five. Getting the buttons right. The Rose Awards ceremony. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Please, if you will quiet down. Thank you very much. It's not all that impressive. We love that you love us so much. So the Rose Award, who would you give yours to? So I was really torn here. So did uh, I. I. I had originally thought Billy's mom uh, was actually a really great hero. She took out gremlins on her own. In that, she just was a great support for her husband and his crazy inventions. And she just seemed just really a generally supportive, good-natured human. But then I thought, but did she drive the story? In which case, I would say no. She was not a story driver. So in that case, I would give the rose begrudgingly to Billy. Because love does not make a rose. But a rose can make love if you give it to someone. I was like, where are we going with this? (laughs) That's how people court, right? I don't know. I've never gotten flowers. Ever? Yeah. that's, uh, That's not really his... Like he's not my thing either, yeah, but he you, shows love in other ways. But yeah, if he ever just randomly surprised me with flowers, this is also a good test to see if he listens to the show. <laughs> if he ever surprised me with flowers, I'd 
I don't know. I think I would be shocked. I'd be worried that he did something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> what have you done? But I'd also be really touched just because, yeah. No, I've had friends like give me flowers for birthdays or things, but oh, I've so never you've had. you lied a, to me now. I've never had someone romantically give me flowers. Okay. So now the lies are peeled. <laughs> like an onion. <laughs> All right. So uh, continue. You thought that uh, something about roses and love? Something? Oh, so so I was saying that Billy was really the one who was progressing the story forward. I had initially the exact same thought as you. I was like, the mother. She was badass. She was dual-wielding knives. She was stabbing <laughs> folks. She was blending them. She was microwaving them. Mm-hmm. Super cool. She went upstairs prepared, not like a usual damsel in distress, you know, mm-hmm. about to get bowled over by something and shriek in panic. And she didn't run further up the stairs. <laughs> she, uh, she was tackled by a guy behind a Christmas tree. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing in my home? There's gremlins in here. <laughs> Watch out for the gremlins, invader, <laughs> intruder. Um, but so I was like, but she didn't, you know, push the story forward. So I think, in fact, it was Gizmo. Okay. Because he kills the dude at the end. He kills Stripe. He does. And without Gizmo, there is no story. Without Gizmo, there's no story. And without Gizmo, there's no resolution to the story. Yeah, that's fair. I I, I yield to your suggestion. Oh. Well, I think that's a first. Yeah, usually it's the... I usually yield to your suggestions. Yeah. Well, there you go. And this is also the first time I did not say the dog. Yeah, he didn't do much. Yeah, I loved him. I'd protect him. I'd throw down fella. and punch punch bitchy Mc, McBitch face. McMillan. Yeah, bitchy McMillan. But, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Bitchy Deagle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'd throw down... But he's not deserving of an award for being the bestest boy. No. All right. So, Thorn Award. Who do you give yours to? Stripey. Mm-hmm. Yes, he does certainly do his fair share of dummery. He leapt into a pool. Frankly, that is a badass villain move because, like, <laughs> I wouldn't, like, you're, you're writhing in pain and exploding and these little things are projecting off of your body, like, and you still get out of the pool and not drown. That's pretty badass. That's a pretty badass maneuver. Although... And pool births are more holistic and natural for the baby. Although, I think <laughs> maybe... <laughs> Sorry. He's crushing me with... Or strangling me with the... <laughs> not, not actually straight. He's like playing with a rope where it... A rope burn. <laughs> in front of his... Uh, face he's holding a, a cord and playing with it and so i was doing the uh, kids in the hall thing where you use your thumb to nobody's here <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah so stripey babe babe uh stripey boy stripe babe <laughs> stripe babe it's like salt babe <laughs> ew sorry i just don't like talking like that that's not me so uh, yeah 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 he was he was definitely quite villainous wasn't he i my instinct was to give it to billy mm-hmm. for he spread he had the water around Gizmo. So that would be Pete's fault. No. Because Pete, Pete didn't know nothing about this. Oh, yeah, he didn't get the rules. Yeah, he didn't know nothing about it. Billy put him near the water so that it was likely that he would get something spilled on him. Once the pods were in the home, he did nothing about that. He gave one of the newly birthed gremlins to the science guy who then failed in his charge. But he, uh, but Billy was the reason that it spread over there. Billy was unsuccessful in eradicating them all and had to have Gizmo step in to finish him off. So I think that Billy was the cause of most of the chaos. Hmm. He left. He fed them after midnight. Yeah, he, he didn't did. know that it was after midnight, but it was flipping close. Just don't risk it. Yeah. Don't be an idiot. 
and you already said yourself they already eat so if nothing else you're being a bad parent you yeah. can't placate your children with food that's right that's right so i think billy is my thorn okay but who did you love gizmo oh gizmo is your rosie and your love that's right i gave my he love a cute little fella to mama because i couldn't give her the rose oh that's yeah, that's true i uh i think i'm still giving it to gizmo but she was a runner-up that's good though. I mean, I think yeah. she she was really good. She's a good character. Gizmo is fresh. Yeah, he was a he was an adorable little fella. Uh, who was your hate award though? Bitchy McWicked Witch. Like, <laughs> just threaten my dog. I will end you. Uh, she fell out of the story, so like I didn't have a hate in my heart for her by the she end. She is the OG Karen. <laughs> she certainly is, but I didn't have hate in my heart anymore by the end of the movie because she was just irrelevant. So I I could I gave my hate award to nobody. Mm. I didn't hate anybody. And I think that was kind of a failing of the movie. You you needed someone to Like I just did, I didn't I didn't hate uh Stripe. You didn't want him to win. But did, that's yeah. not the same as hating. Yeah, I didn't want him to win, but yeah, he didn't seem he seemed like he was just his he was a creature that was birthed. He doesn't really know what's going on. He's trying to create a little gang of of wicked folk. Now I will I will call back to something you said at the very beginning of our recording, okay. which is you automatically changed your vote to hate to Mister No Spine at the bank. No, that's right. That's <laughs> right. I totally forgot about that fella. I'll give my hate award to him to Mister No Spine. Yeah. What? What's it? Did he have a name? I don't think so. All right, Mister No Spine. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a bad man. He's a dick. <laughs> All right, so uh, what are you gonna what are you gonna what are you gonna rate it? I see my genre. I said children's Christmas horror. I said Christmas horror camp. Okay, so, but I could add children's to that because it's it's a, it's a narrow subgenre, but that's what it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, because it it is kind of kishy. It, it's PG. Um, this was another film that got Spielbs in trouble for mm-hmm. possibly needing the PG thirteen rating. Yep. So I gave it a six out of ten. Um, for uh, children's Christmas horror? Yeah. It's set out to be a silly puppet horror fun. It did that. There's not a lot of films in the genre to compare it to. I would say that the cons, uh, well, it's not so much a genre con. I think this con goes more to the directing or the somewhere else. But um, I just said that, you know, some of the set pieces and the people on set were just a little sloppy and distracting, like the guy mm. behind the tree. Oh, yeah. Okay, so for children's Christmas horror, I gave it a 6 out of 10 also. Mm-hmm. But I, I broke it down. Horror is a 1. Christmas is a 2. So I think that I, I, I was struggling to think why was I giving it a 6 out of 10 for children's Christmas horror if horror is 1 and Christmas is 2. Is children's, is the children a part of the equation? Am I forgiving it for that? Maybe. 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 But maybe. But that's the genre, so I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. In your head, it, it wasn't bad enough to warrant something lower. Yeah, I mean, so horror was really low because in the spectrum of all horrors, that's not so scary. not horror yeah. <laughs> But for a children's horror, it was fairly horrific, It I had guess. some horrific elements, like the, the threat to the family and the dog. and Yeah, and as far as Christmassy on its own, it's not a good Christmas movie. It's not. It's not just not terribly Christmassy. It has the, it's Christmassy in the same way that Die Hard is Christmassy. Yeah, and it, maybe it's a little bit more than that because they have snowmen and she has her whole thing about her dad being dying and in a silly way. The whole reason we get a mock way is this is a son, my son's Christmas present. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, it's 
like it's linked to a lot of Christmas stuff. It just doesn't have a lot of Christmas feels, I suppose. She slays to little drummer boy. (laughs) She does. But I don't know. So all, but all of those things together, all those genres together, I think makes, it was obviously people liked it when it came out. Mm -hmm. People like it now. It has a cult following. Yeah. I think uh, a six out of 10 for children's Christmas horror. So what do you think about directing? Well, so back on to children's Christmas horror. Rewind. My my pros were it was a marketable character to sell as toys to children. Mm -hmm. And in the 90s, they certainly did that with Furbies. Mm -hmm. But my cons, he wasn't as cute as baby Grogu. I would argue you wouldn't have one without the other. Uh, I'm sorry. You think that Gremlins inspired Yoda? I, I think that the baby Yoda was inspired a little bit with some of the mechanisms they used in Gremlins. I'm sorry. You think that the original Yoda wasn't using those mechanisms? I don't think originally Yoda was cute. He looked like a raisin. Well, no, no. But the, the cuteness, I'm not saying, is coming. From, but the mechanisms you were talking about definitely came from Yoda. The cuteness, you think they were inspired by Gremlins? A little bit. I mean, I've seen mashups where they put them next to each other, and it seems plausible. I also haven't had as much uh, time with baby Yoda as you. And I've also watched a lot of behind the scenes. I don't think so. It's possible. That's more your knowledge so. house than mine. Yeah. I don't know. I it, it doesn't seem likely to me, but I don't know everything. So what are you going to do? Anyway, not as cute as baby Grogu. Suck it, Gizmo. <laughs> That was very hostile. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got my love award, too. So I don't, I don't know where I'm coming from. Anyway. Wait until two. He's so cute in two. Is he? Yeah. Does he get better? He gets a little like Rambo headband. Jaw. <laughs> All right. Directing, five out of ten. I gave it a six out of ten. I thought it, it. I thought the story that they sought to tell was told, you know, well enough. I think the actors uh, conveyed kind of... It, again, hitting that very bizarre niche of Christmas children's horror. You know, whatever instructions they were given, they they hit them. So that has to do with the, the director giving them the guidance for the character achievements. I would say nothing really has a glaring con. It, it's a simple story, and it was simple storytelling achieved. So, I mean, it wasn't dynamic. Like, it wasn't a Citizen Kane, as we often have said. <laughs> well, I've never seen Citizen Kane. I, I usually say Godfather, but yeah, I mean, same sort of thing, I suppose. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Is Citizen Kane good? I don't love it. I I appreciate what it's done for cinema, but it's not my favorite film. Yeah. So, what about you? Well, so, I, like I said, 5 out of 10 for me. I thought the puppet work was somewhat convincing, sometimes. <laughs> um, but I generally liked the feel of the movie. So I think that's pretty much in the director's hands, the feel of a movie. Mm-hmm. Obviously, editing comes into it, and obviously you have to have good actors and good music and stuff like that, but the director is kind of the, the person that pulls everything together. The puppeteer. So I liked it. Yeah, he's the puppeteer for the movie. The movie is his puppet, mm-hmm. or her. So I thought it was generally pretty good, but I thought the puppeting was sometimes a little bit on the rough side. He even recognized that, apparently, by saying that's why he introduced the low-light rule. Mm-hmm. Because he didn't want the camera to really pick up on how crummy things looked most of the time. And he said he wasn't totally comfortable with the effects work at that point in his career. He's, he was in progress. Yeah. So, I don't know. It was, uh, it could have been, the puppet work could have been better. I thought that for the most part, Gizmo's puppet work was decent. The other ones were a little bit simpler. So, music. I gave it a 5 out of 10. I thought the theme was somewhat catchy. Mm-hmm. The rest of the music was, eh. 
All right. So I gave it a 6.5 out of 10. Mm-hmm. I thought the music in there was a lot of fun. Like some of the original songs that Gizmo had were fun and brain-sticking, but then the main theme, the ding, 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 yeah. it gets stuck in your head so easy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's catchy, and I think that was the best thing that could be said about the music overall for the movie because I thought that was catchy, and that's what you hope to achieve with a theme. But it was the right also amount of creepy and friendly. And manic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 that, that's a good point. I mean, it kind of, it sets out the tone for the movie really well. Like if you changed it to like Godzilla music, it would just have a completely different tone. So I, I thought that they, they bridged that gap of the, the very difficult niche children's Christmas horror. <laughs> yep. That's a good point. But so for the rest of the movie, uh, the music was, this is going to sound meaner than I intended, but forgettable. So the, and I think that's, it's good when music is kind of forgettable. It's not great. So when music is forgettable, it means that it's good enough where you're not noticing it. So it's setting off the emotion of a scene. It's, it's integrating itself with your emotional connection with what you're watching, but you're not like, Oh my God, this is so cool. Mm -hmm. So you notice music when it's, Oh my God, that's so cool. Or when it's like, wow, that's really dumb sounding. (laughs) So when you don't notice music, it's doing its job, but it's not great. Okay. That's my thought on it anyway. And I think that's probably true for most art. Like it doesn't stick out in your mind if it's just good. Like if it's good, you're like, oh, you just, you're just taking it in. But if it's great, you're like, holy good Lord, the directing, the, the cinematography is amazing. Or if the cinematography is terrible, like uh, in Lycan Colony, you're like, holy moly, that's just terrible. This went off the rails. <laughs> but, it, but if it's, if it's Gremlins, did you ever notice cinematography? I guess not, yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's, it just felt like a fluid. Yeah, kinda, yeah. It, it was all right. It was okay. So for writing, I, I gave it a 5 out of 10. I said it was simple, not great, not bad. For writing, I gave it a 3 out of 10. Mm. Prose, I liked the father and the mother characters. The mother, because she was competent and just seemed like a cool person. Mm-hmm. The father just made me laugh. He was bumbling. But you do he, like a bumbler. I love a bumbler, but he actually seemed like he was trying. He had a little bit of ingenuity in him. I thought it was an interesting archetype that they were, you know, it was the, the kind of the bumbling, absent-minded inventor guy mm-hmm. who's, you know, doing interesting things, but never following up on his half-invented stuff. But also he was, he had the, the bit of racism at the beginning, which not Did so great. Did he just travel like with a little pocket gong for the bad joke? <laughs> I love that there was a gong sound. <laughs> Who do we blame for that? Is that the director or is that music? Probably, it's got to be the director because he chose. Yeah, because at the end of the day, he's the one who chose to add the sound effect. Yeah, or if somebody else added it, he could have vetoed it. Yeah, he could be like, mm, little hairy guys. Too racist. Too on the But maybe Christopher Columbus was like, you know what? That's got to be in or I'm out. <laughs> The gong has to be there after the racist joke. It's where I draw the line. (laughs) So how did you feel about the acting? Acting. Well, here, I still have more to say on writing. Oh, oh, go on. Sorry. So cons. That was, that was my, that was my pro. (laughs) (laughs) So for cons. Oh dear. (laughs) So the, the rule about feeding after midnight doesn't make any sense. And we've already gone over that because every, it's always after midnight until it's midnight. The only time it's not after midnight is midnight. The carelessness of the characters to obvious red flags. Mm-hmm. Annoying, but that's, you know, standard horror movie stuff anyway. The way the Mogwai all came uh, into, to be kind of like weird mini humans. Too, eh. too, too soon. Yeah, that was, it was, it was odd. 
the way they set up the the old lady and Judge Reinhold's character. Yeah. To uh, be kind of antagonists. They're not then, actually the super villain. And then they went nowhere. That's bad writing or, you know, they're, I, I suppose they could have filmed all those things and just cut them out, in which case that's bad directing. The only thing I can think is that they wanted to make us feel justified in applauding a woman being jettisoned from a window. <laughs> they want it, They started from the position, we're going to be jettisoning a woman out of a window. How do we get it so the, the audience is on board with that? Okay. Okay. Now that we have that, how do we end the film? <laughs> <laughs> We've got that in the bag. That's the crux. That's the emotional core of the film. Really? The director just hated that actress and was like, oh man, you know what? I know what we no. have. Look, it's Steven Spielbs. He was still on his misogynistic thing. He's like, look, we've got to jettison a woman out of a window. That's, that's going to happen. So the actress's name is Polly Holiday. That's a great name. Yeah. <laughs> Polly Holiday. Polly. So, okay. So uh, it was that. Billy didn't do anything at the end mm-hmm. when they were in the warehouse area or whatever store. Depart- yeah, department store. She's like, they're in the department store. I was like, that is a weird way to say that they're across the street. Like- <laughs> Billy didn't turn on the lights. Well, uh, Lady did. Yeah, she but, went up there. Why did it take her? She was never explained the rules. I think she figured it out on her own by taking pictures of them. Yeah, and the, it, and the, the, flash. The, the, the match kind of bothered one, so she got the camera and took pictures of them. Mm-hmm. So she figured it out all on, our, on her own. Billy already knew and never went for the, the light switches. I think he wanted to get eyes on it to try to take it out maybe. You know how it's easier to get eyes on things? Turn on the lights. More light. Yeah. <laughs> So there's that and all the new, mo- oh, I, we never discussed this, but this is another glaring logical, I think, is that all the new Mogwai born from Stripe were already in the evil stage. Yeah, they, they never really explained why Gizmo was the only friendly. Well, but the, yeah, I mean, the one that, that Gizmo birthed were kind of evil-ish, but they were, all, they were still in the, like, the initial stage. Maybe because when Stripey jumped into the pool, he was in the slimy phase. So maybe that... So when he births things, they're already in that stage? Because he was in that stage yeah. when he did. So I, yeah, that, they're little replicas of the person they're jumping off the back of. That's they're they're kind of like adipose. That's a decent bad explanation. <laughs> <laughs> like if there were a good explanation, I would rather that. But that's that's the best bad explanation I think there can be. In this world where we have no information about this mythical creature that somehow people know and don't know about. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Fine. So anyway, those are all my cons for writing. Uh, Three out of ten. Okay. Acting? So I'm actually going to lower my score a hair. Mm. I had originally said five. I'm going to drop it to a four. So I thought, you know, my pros, you know, they were entertaining and I actually cared what happened to the characters, like the mom. I I grew attached Mm -hmm. to Pete. I didn't care one way or the other because Pete didn't care one way or the other about anything. (laughs) He wanted to read his book or whatever that was. Neat. No, I'm serious. That's neat. (laughs) Thanks for your condescension, kid. (laughs) Um, So, but my my cons were all the the hokey tropes that were used. I mean, they were. Do the hokey tropey. (laughs) Um, but they they worked for this movie but you know they they just weren't grand and so there were things like um phoebe cates's deep christmas thing that were just just they seemed off now that's also not the actor's fault because they delivered it however they were supposed to but it just it, it that that i think that's more the writing's fault than the actors i agree 
Yeah, I, I definitely, I think that was a writing problem, not hers. Yeah. And I will say that um, <laughs> one of the things I, I think I told you when we were watching Waxwork is that his performance in this was better than in Waxwork. Oh, yeah. Which is strange to me because, you know, he was younger here than he was in Waxwork. <laughs> so he had already had this under his belt yeah and then he needed his four, caffeine four badly. years later he needed caffeine badly well you know i to be fair this was a bad script as i've just rated it but waxwork was first of all written in three days, three days. <laughs> <laughs> so i mean that was obviously a worse script so he had less to work with there but i need my caffeine badly and i i, I actually went through a big internet search to try to find out how old the kids were supposed to be in waxwork. And I couldn't find anything definitive. 35, 15. Yeah. Between that range. <laughs> so, um, overall, Oh, what, what is your acting rating? Ah, my acting is three out of 10. Okay. So I was a little bit less, uh, charitable, I think than you, my pros for that, act. That is the co-title of her. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Alice is more charitable. <laughs> uh, so my pros, Basically, the actors, I think, did a good job. Dad, mom, and uh, Billy's lady, whatever her name was. Okay. I don't know anybody's name except Billy and Gizmo and Stripe. <laughs> Dad, mom, lady, I thought all did pretty good acting. Uh, bad, old lady, Billy, and cops. And for the most part, the puppeteer work. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I consider that part of the acting. Uh, that was not so great. So, yeah, three out of ten. It was not so good. There were a couple... People in there doing an all right job, but for the most part, yeah. <laughs> good enough for a children's horror comedy. Yeah. yeah, but when you live on the same spectrum as uh, Lawrence Olivier, yes, it, it's you're not difficult gonna... to. So, I really felt <laughs> my real rating huh? was a five point five out of ten. All right, mine was a five. Okay. So just a hair smaller than yours. And that could be, you know, my nostalgia attachment or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, my heart rating, it, it was a six out of 10, which matched my nostalgia. Okay. My heart rating stayed a five. Mm -hmm. So it didn't duck beneath my real rating. I, I, I think I... Middle of the road. I mentioned earlier, I, I liked it. <laughs> it the way you say it, it, it always feels like there's a butt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't really know what the butt is, but I think it is there. Yeah, there, the, there, the, there the, is a behind. The butt looms large over my rating. <laughs> but I just don't, I don't, I can't, I don't know. I liked it. It, it was fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right. So next time on the RTR, we will be watching a classic and when I say classic, it is one of the older films that we have watched on this program. Is it the oldest? It is the oldest. Oh my crikey. What is in contention? Surely Casablanca. Casablanca is the next oldest. So that what year was Casablanca? 42. All right. And this one is? 34. 34. So this is one of, I, I think. I shouldn't say one of. Again, Allison, speak in a more assertive tone. <laughs> it is the trope in which we get our romantic comedies from. It It is the film that sets up the genre of romantic comedy. Well, what do you know about that? No, seriously, what do you know about that? So, uh, It Happened One Night is a beautiful film. So, I don't want to give any of the the plot away before we watch this. So, with that, I will be watching the trailer and Zach will be... 
I will excuse myself. Yeah. I will recuse myself. Indeed. How do you expect to get to New York at the rate you're going? I, but, but that's none of your business. You're on a budget from now on. Not just a minute. You Shut up. You've got a name, haven't you? Yeah, I got a name. Peter Warren. Peter Warren. I don't like you. Don't let it bother you. You're giving it back to me in the morning. Take me with you, Peter. Take me to your island. I want to do all those things you talked about. You'd better go back to your bed. So Zach likes to mock me because I have bad control of an iPad. <laughs> I just love that you don't know how to use an iPad. <laughs> I did. I've never had one. But you have an iPhone. It's basically a bigger version. I also don't play with it when it's turned to the side. It makes all the difference. <laughs> I guess. I panic. Okay? I panic. <laughs> Your finger was like up, down, side to side, doing a swirl. <laughs> oh, sorry. It certainly did not do a swirl. It might have done a swirl. <laughs> So um, it happened one night starring Clark Gable and Claudette Colbert. Oh. So it is the standard um, for romantic comedies. Well, so so I hear. I'm I'm excited to put that to the test. My nostalgia rating, 7.5. Oh, my word. That's Predi- a that's a high one. Predicted Zach, 6 out of 10. You think I'm going to go as high as a 6 out of 10 for a romantic comedy from the 30s? I mean, if you want to talk about fine acting, thy name is Clark Gable. I don't know that I've ever seen a Clark Gable movie, so you may just be right. Mm, mm, mm. All right. Well, so by thunder, by God, by Jove, this is the end of the episode. Thank you for being with us for our experience and analysis of Gremlins. Now, please remember, if you like this, and especially if you don't, Please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. If you tell us in a five-star review what we're doing wrong, we'll have to read it and feel bad. Exactly. And you want that. You do. So please also join us on the Facebook group, the RTR Community Face Place. That's where friends happen. It's where we keep the conversation going with like-minded, cool kids, or sometimes contrarian cool kids like you. I'm trying to come up with a slogan for it. Oh, sorry. It's, it's where friends are had. No? Yeah. It's where it's where discussion happens. You know, you should talk to Mr. Pelser. He has great slogans. It's right, yeah. That's it's, what he invents. It's where you find yourself. It's where the impossible is possible. We make the illogical logical. Logical. So there you have it. That's it. That's the whole kit and caboodle. Thank you very much for listening. I've been Zachary. I've been Alson. Also, a quick shout out to Mr. Oh, Julian Crowhurst for Crow. use of our theme music. Caca! He, need, is, he needs a theme. We need a, we need a crow noise right when you say that. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I challenge you to find crow noises in like the audio bank. Like I'm sure you can find like eagle noises, which would be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like very America. Ju- Julian Crowhurst. <laughs> you just scared your cat. Oh, sorry, Mr. Bunch. <laughs> so that that has been our Gremlins episode. Happy holidays, no matter what you celebrate, if you celebrate anything. Yeah. So go out there and celebrate or don't. It's up to you. If nothing else, I hope you have something delightful and warm to drink and yummy to eat. Absolutely. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. not even like a crunchy so you can't really tell what we're doing it's like we're eating marshmallows <laughs> ask us <out>. trust us <laughs> isn't he uh, wasn't that one of the uh james bond dudley moore yes yeah no, Tim Allen. Wasn't he one of the James T- Bonds? Tim Allen. <laughs> I'd love a no, Tim no, Allen not, James not Bond. Not Dudley Moore. Roger Moore. Roger Wait, Moore yeah, was one. That's what it was. Oh, my brain. Sorry, I went with you on the Moore train. Yeah. <laughs> but a Tim Allen uh, James Bond would be amazing. <laughs> I would love to see it. That would be awful. <laughs> no, it would be so good.